0: Welcome back, Howdy's fans, to episode 56 of the Chirpin' Yotes podcast. Join me as always, we have Grandy, we've got Matt. We've got a lot of chaos to talk about in the playoffs. Boys, how are we doing?
1: Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Just watching this incredible ride that is the NHL playoffs. Matt, how about you, man?
2: Uh, It's a vodka soda kind of night, so just relaxing, uh, watched... Unfortunately, the Devils get beat by Carolina. That was a rough one. Yeah. Devils was kind of my team for the, the playoffs. Can't go for anybody in the West because, you know, it's the West and nobody likes that. So, yeah, let's go Devils. Unfortunately, though, bad night.
0: That's all I'm going for, too, in this series. Hey, maybe they'll bounce back. Uh, actually, you know, while we're on the subject, is the NHL playoffs the best playoffs there is? I mean, NBA yeah. is pretty good. Uh, baseball can be good depending on the matchups, but I'd probably have to say, I think NHL objectively, obviously it's hockey podcast, probably the best one. So, I mean, this is chaotic. I mean, look at the, the Kraken, I mean, also we'll get into a little bit earlier, but just the Kraken happening and then the Bruins thing, but of course we'll get into that a little bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you talk about what actually keeps people drawn to it, hockey's a, a seven game series all the way through. And I mean, you get some excitement out of baseball, you know, earlier on in the playoffs, you get like a one game wild card. You get, you know, a a best of five in the first round football, just one game and win and move on. Uh, There's there's a lot to be said about a game that can keep somebody drawn in to seven Uh games across eight different matchups in the first round. And everybody's watching all of them. Uh, You don't get that with other sports.
0: You also don't get just the. I know everybody says like, "Oh, you just got a puncher ticket," but man, when you really punch your ticket, anything can happen in the NHL playoffs. I mean, anything. It is the craziest, chaotic. I mean, the NBA. I think for the most part, is kind of unlocked. For the most part, obviously, you have your upsets, like the Bucks just happened. But you know, yeah, well, you know, the, Bucks and just,
1: the Bucks just happened, and that's like the what third time in NBA history the first seed is lost in the opening round. It's, yep. The NBA playoffs are for the most part Set and done It's it's a Pretty favorites much. game over there
2: mm-hmm. The well, NHL it, playoffs
1: It truly is Anybody can go The, the advantage in sticking. the
2: NBA The advantage in the NBA is they've got such a high Salary cap and Small rosters by comparative That they can hand out max deals And build super teams So you don't have the same parity In the NBA that you do in the NHL You know they're uh, this year, Boston would have been like, you know, when when LeBron and Wade and Bosh all decided they're going to play together in Miami. And they start the first super team, and and they look unbeatable. That was maybe the Bruins this year, and the Bruins lost in the first round. Yep, uh, that's that's what you get with the NHL playoffs. Super it's not the same.
0: Destroyed. Yep. Well, I, the thing I. Wanted to mention the NBA playoffs because the Suns are going on right now, obviously, and they just announced, I think it was a couple of days ago here now, by the time this recording, <laughs> that they're actually completely getting off of Bally Sports and going to local cable, which I personally this is a full, you know, spoiler alert. But I think that's probably the best maybe you could ever do to grow anything or get anything involved is make it free, essentially. Uh, then Bally Sports, I think two days ago, announced they're suing them, but that's, oh, actually, it was this morning at the time this recording. Uh, they're suing them for that. But I just want to get you guys' quick thoughts on if you think the Coyotes should or will do a move like that, Matt, what are you, what are you thinking?
2: Um, I don't know that the Coyotes will just because I think they rely on, on local contract, TV contract money. Um, (laughs) that's, that's a big part of it. Um, they're not really in a position where they can afford to do that. That said, I think it'd be great for the game considering, you know, their viewership is considerably low right now, especially going through a rebuild. If you can get, you know, kids who are 5 to 10 years old who generally wouldn't get to watch hockey, watching hockey on free TV, and it gets them into the game young, early, it's a great thing for the game. But financially, I don't see it being a good thing for the Coyotes right now. They're not in a good place for it.
1: Yeah, with that, it's just, it would be really, really tough for the For really most NHL teams to do it, the NBA has their sweetheart just absolutely killer national TV deal that helps pay a lot of their salaries, helps pay a lot of their stuff. Um, They're doing really well at the gate. The Suns are going deep in the playoffs for the last couple years and this year, and it's a new owner trying to spread some goodwill after the old owner burnt a lot of bridges. Um, it made a lot of sense for the Suns to do it for all those reasons, and it's something I love seeing. But just logistically speaking, financially speaking, yeah, it it would be really tough for the Coyotes to do it, even if it is the best way to go about it.
0: I wonder then if the NHL will do, kind of like the NHL tv they used to have but instead of obviously the Bally sports loop or whatever have some kind of like theirs is the, you the nba has something like that right i mean maybe they can do something like that is that maybe getting an hl network on youtube tv by the way if you're listening nhl if you could just do that for me instead of dish network or whatever that'd be great but yeah i think that'd be what the nhl would do would do some yeah, kind well of, one,
2: one of the thing things that kills them one thing that kills them is blacked out games. Because ESPN Plus is, is a great format for it, even though uh, ESPN not notoriously known for being a good hockey broadcaster. But if you have ESPN Plus, you have access to every game except the game you want to watch if you're in Arizona. So maybe there's, there's something that the NHL can do with ESPN that gets rid of some of these local broadcasts, that gets rid of, you know, Valley Sports or MSN or... You know some of these local carriers that are carrying the games and just go strictly national. Let everybody be able to watch it. ESPN's got to pay a little more for it, but the viewership that ESPN gains goes through the roof when people can watch local games through their service as opposed to only out-of-market games.
1: Yeah, the big thing that the Suns are doing with it especially is they're offering the free streaming with it as well, and That's a market we haven't really seen any sports league truly go after and capture yet is the streaming market. And with so many people, including myself, who have cut the cord, it is definitely a a market that just needs to be got after. Uh, With what Matt brought up, that would be a great way of going after
0: that. Plus, if you do free. I mean, people are going to pirate it, right? But at least if it's free, you run ads. At least you're making some money. Than no money because they're going to pirate it regardless. I mean, I obviously won't plead the fifth, but if you can't watch it, you're going to find a way to watch it. So, I mean, I say just doing it free with ads if they can somehow figure something else out. I know it's right now we're not good, but hopefully in a couple of years, but I think it's the best. I guess we'll see what we uh, end up going with.
2: You know, considering Morello owns a, a radio network, why? I mean, this is, oh. this is just off the top of my head. Why couldn't Alex Morello? start his own network basically that brought that streamed the coyotes and run Mm -hmm. his own ads, basically like a, I guess like a Twitch stream or something like that, but obviously you're not going to host it on Twitch, but something to that effect. Why, why couldn't owners around the NHL do something like that if they don't want to deal with specific networks and, The ads that they could generate, I mean, you're still going to get companies that come to you that want to run your ads.
1: I think we're going to see a lot of uh, interesting things start to pop up now that the uh, Bally Sports is dying. It's slow and painful and excruciatingly long death since they're stewing the suns and going to drag this out even further. But I think you're going to see a lot of that pop up because. For so long it's been Bally Sports had a stranglehold over all of that. Bally sports is the reason we have these blackouts. It's not it's not ESPN, it's not the NHL, it's it's Bally Sports and their agreement.
2: Yeah, so, that's true. And and that that goes for all networks that get to broadcast local games. That's I, I didn't yep. direct that or didn't mean to make that sound like It's the NHL's fault or ESPN's fault, but the NHL likes getting its revenue from those smaller broadcasters as well, who want exclusive rights to in-market games.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if a rival pops up and offer something like Valley Sports, or if they, or if teams just kind of. I know uh, when they've first started having these hints of issues a year ago, the MLB and NHL had kind of met together about forming their own network, so I wonder if that gets brought back up, but it's just this Valley Sports is going to get messier before it gets done, and I just really, really hope that it doesn't cost Coyotes fans the ability to watch their games.
0: I think uh, another one that was just kind of came to me too, is Apple has the MLS pass, whatever it's called. That one has no blackouts. So I'm wondering if someone could just do that Apple or somebody, but like you said, to be messy, I'm sure
2: it'll be not good. You hear hear that Elon Musk? I know you got got Neuralink coming out. You want to put chips in people's brains. If you could broadcast that game right (laughs) into my mind,
0: I'll take it. You can sell my data for that. I will
2: sign up right away.
0: Yeah, me too. I'll be a lab rat for that. I'll take it. Just right here, like a projector screen you're laying up on your ceiling or something.
2: Yep, just just <laughs> lay down in bed, open your eyes, like double tap on your temple and and it projects out of your eyes onto the ceiling. Perfect.
0: Even if it takes like ten years off my life, I'll still I'll I'll take the deal. I'll take that deal. Absolutely. I'll shake my hand right now, Elon Musk. I'll take it. Oh man. But one uh another way the cards are going the game recently they announced a street hockey league up here in the valley, so that's always a <laughs> Good way. Canadians probably won't like it. What else is new? But I think it's a good way to get the, the Coyotes branding out there, especially with a very particular vote happening in the next couple of weeks. So well, speaking of voting and stadiums and lien leases and lawyers and ballet sports and all that, Calgary has a bit of a situation. looks like the uh, province of Alberta, city of Calgary, all that mumbo jumbo, agreed to do a deal with them. I just wanted to get your guys's, uh, Grandy, especially, uh, start with you. I mean, um, uh, what you guys think of all, all that, how different it is from our situation In- and what you guys think of the tax being used.
1: Do you have the details on your screen, Tyler? Cause I'm looking for them. I can't find them, but I rem- think it was something along the lines of 350 million towards the city of Alberta, and another th- or not Alberta city of Calgary another 350 million to Alberta that's just, I think it was
2: actually like 510 million or something like that from the Providence itself i i want to sh- say the combined number was like 800 million in taxes and like 300 million from the team
1: yeah it, it, compared to what the coyotes are going through it's just it's a vastly different thing and it is these are the type of arena deals that almost always backfire on the area doing it. Um, I wish them the best of luck, but let's be, let's just, let's just get one thing out of the way real quick. If you're going to be going through and signing that kind of deal with your team to keep them in your province, don't comment on our arena deal. Just yeah. stay out of it.
0: Actually, I should have the numbers right here for you real quick. It's between the city of Calgary, CSEC, province of Alberta, and the Calgary Stampede. It is $537.3 million from, from the city of Calgary, $356 million from the CSEC, and $330 million from Alberta and a land swap with the Calgary Stampede. I'm assuming it's Canadian dollars, but I don't know for sure. So... That is a lot of money. And what's the carries running again? The are up there. It's, uh, oh, it's $0, if I remember right, that the city of Tempe will pay. So there's something for you.
1: Oh, just but remember. The, but, but, but the GPLT, we got it. We got it. If we got it, watch that GPLT.
0: A BLT? Yeah. What's the sandwich got to do with the Tempe vote? Uh,
1: it's just, it's so funny watching people talk about this kind of stuff that have no idea what they're actually talking about and just preaching talking points that they've been fed.
0: I just don't get how you're opposing an arena that you're not paying for. Like, City of Alberta is paying, what, 536-whatever mumbo-jumbo number. You're paying out of taxes, but yeah, the Carleys are here being like, here's a free arena, free jobs, free revenue, and people are like, no, we don't want that. Like, what are you? What? Are you a toddler? How do you not want that? That makes no sense.
2: Yeah, and one of the arguments about what Granny brought up the the G uh, GPL sorry chiplets um, a, a big issue that everybody seems to raise is well they're it's it's tax abatement basically or it's it's not paying taxes on money you bring in but here's the thing every single property built along the tempe lake has gotten them any project that gets put up in that area whoever develops it develops it is going to get it and i don't know if you know everybody has taken a drive along you know the 202 right there and looked at some of the companies that are there they're not all arizona companies mm-hmm. these are out of state billionaires who are developing and getting these tax breaks and getting you know, funding or uh, not funding, but basically the same deal. Alex Morello is asking for, but Morello owns his home here in Arizona in paradise Valley. Uh, He's, he is technically a resident of Arizona. Now Um, the, what he's doing is, is going to generate space and jobs for 6,900 people. It's going to, create retail shops. It's going to create restaurants. It's going to create opportunity for local businesses. So Bluebird, Alex Morello, they might not pay, you know, they they might get their, um, tax abatements for, I think it was 30 years or something like that, which is actually only a third of what most major sports teams get when they develop and build. But you're only Tempe's not actually coming out of pocket. The only money that they're losing is money spent on the property, and the money that is going to be generated in sales tax and and revenue, um, and people coming into Tempe from out. I, everybody forgets like there's like nine cities that make up the greater Phoenix area. Anybody that comes in to watch Coyotes game or wants to go to this new entertainment district and spends money there. That's tax money that the city of Tempe never would have had otherwise, because those people wouldn't be coming into Tempe. They'd be spending their money in Phoenix or at that new water park hotel casino thing that they're building in Glendale or, you know, going to Scottsdale for something. That's money that Tempe gets to bring in just because Morello is not paying property tax doesn't mean that they're not getting sales tax and other spending in their city.
0: Plus like, well, if you did sell it to somebody else, let's say it was sold to, I know. State farm has one. Let's say state farm buys another, whatever at the same spot. It's just for a corporate job. It's not like you're going to create a district that like you just saying, you know, have money being spent there on jerseys, drinks, snacks, local restaurants, whatever. So it's like, again, you want it to be sold to an out of Arizona corpo instead of, an inbound one, I guess. But, and also I think I saw Craig Morgan talking Twitter about like, it's going to be Arizona union jobs as well. I believe I saw something like that. I mean, don't hopefully I'm getting that right. I want to get the wrong information out there, but on yeah. That so one,
1: on that one, it is union jobs for carpenters and electricians. They are going to have to hire some non-union construction workers though, simply because oh, there's fine. not enough. There's not enough. In state or local construction companies that are union to hire, they would have to hire out of state, and that is a big deal to them. They do not want to hire out of state so
2: yeah, I think the labor agreement that that Morello signed when all of this started uh was something like twenty five percent would be union and again it's it's not because. They don't want union workers or anything like that. they're just there aren't enough union employees in Arizona to fulfill the need um, to actually get this the stadium built in the three year timeline that they want. Yeah, they could go a hundred percent and they could drag it out over seven or eight years to get it built, but that's you know
1: or that's they could not hire, in the timeline or they could hire union out of state guys.
2: They're not. Yeah, I mean, if you start bringing in people from California or something like that, now it's all union, but money is then leaving the state. That's not good for Arizona. It at that point, you're not creating sixty nine hundred jobs for Arizona residents. You're creating fifteen hundred jobs for Arizona residents and outsourcing labor, and it's not a good look. It's it's not something that the Coyotes want to do either.
0: It sounds like Tempe can win in May. That's what it sounds like to me. All right, boys. Hey, so one thing, I
1: wanted to, one thing I wanted oh, to bring up real quick. There was mm-hmm. one piece of NHL news that I felt that we forgot to bring up in our pre-show little talk. And okay. it was something that I am absolutely a huge fan of and I want to see happen so bad because not only – is it because I'm a big fan of the person? But also because I think it would be phenomenal for the growth of the NHL.
0: What are you talking about? It took and me a while. I was is, like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember.
1: Yeah. The Snoop D-O-double-G being a potential <laughs> owner of the Ottawa
0: Senators. Isn't uh, – um, If is you it, listen to his, that too?
2: Ryan Reynolds. That's so, it. So hang on, Grant. You'll, ha- like Grand you'll Com- have to tell me because groups. I don't know. Yeah, I want to say they were competing offers. Like Snoop's in in one group and Ryan Reynolds is in another. Yep, that's what it sounds like
1: based off of what I was reading. But this is an ever-fluid situation. And from what I understand, the NHL wants both Ryan Reynolds and Snoop Dogg attached to this somehow. So Hmm. it's it's going to be – it's going to be – yeah, just... Um, it's going to be an interesting watch down the road to see which group gets it. But I can t- tell you, if you haven't yet, I would definitely check out his interview on ESPN about it. Because um, Snoop starts talking about how he's going to create a basketball league like he's done with his foot- league and I don't know if he if either of you guys were aware but he had two people in his uh from his football league that got drafted into the NFL in the first round this year.
0: Wow, that's so, cool. Didn't know so, that
1: um he <laughs> wants to bring it to the communities that don't don't have a chance of playing hockey right now, providing equipment, doing stuff like that. So listening to him talk like that Listening to him talk about how, is the second he gets ownership of a team, his main his main thing is he wants to grow the game. I loved everything he was saying because yes, we need this. We need an ambassador to the game like that. So,
2: I am now, all aboard with him owning a team. Now, does he know that if he buys the Senators, he has to stop wearing Kings gear? <laughs> He can't change. He can't change the the Senators' logo. He can't change it to like the same thing as the Kings. The Senators can't be black and purple. Like oh, you know, it. I, huge, I He's a huge Kings fan. So that this one caught me by surprise. And, yeah, same. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm glad I I do agree with you 100 percent though, Grandy. I I do think he'd be a great ambassador to the game. He would bring a ton of people that just follow his brand. You know, there there's there's people that have gotten into so many different hobbies and and you know, lines of things in life because they they follow somebody's specific brand. So somebody like Snoop gets into hockey ownership. Uh, granted, we'll have a ton of Senators fans, new Senators fans that are like Kraken fans that don't actually know anything about the game, that are going to be really, really annoying. But they'll learn. It's a good way to grow the game. I, I like initial it. Needs, I'm all for it.
1: Angel needs that, that, that real bad. Wanted, that was one thing I wanted to bring up, too, because I was reading some of the comments on the tweet with the interview, and it was Senators fans talking about, oh, he's not even talking about Ottawa. What's he going to do to help grow the game in Ottawa? And I'm saying that they need help. Up.
0: Yeah, I was just, what, Ottawa doesn't need what, help growing the game and what?
1: Not only that. Think of that first Snoop Dogg concert where he comes on where he comes out wearing a Senators hat or a Senators jersey and half the arena has Senators gear on. In Seattle or in some random city in America, you're growing <laughs> your brand across the uh across the whole market you would never otherwise get.
0: Yep. I mean, like, it's just kind of like what we're doing, too. I mean, the Coyotes are kind of doing that whole with the Ruigi, Phyllis, Sorry, I butchered that completely. I'm sorry. But the whole, you know, just the streetwear style, I mean, that's something that, I mean, senators could probably get a part of, too. I mean, it grows the game, gets your brand out there. People see your symbol everywhere. It just grows it. So, I mean, I, I think that's great.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Coyotes did it with Los Yotes. Um, you know, they... They've done plenty of heritage stuff. The, the whole Kachina yeah. thing is Native American based. So, yeah, it, it does bring, um, I, I don't want to call it exposure, but it, it, does, it does put your brand, your team out there to a demographic that you otherwise might not see as being all that interested in hockey.
0: That's what we need really bad. NHL is having a big issue growing, so I think it's only a win. Across the board so it's
2: yeah. just funny Ottawa yeah.
0: saying what's it gonna do to grow the game in Ottawa it's like saying let's grow the NFL in America it's like we it's on lock baby you guys no one doesn't know who the Senators are up there
2: it's like putting a team back in Quebec like what does it do to add fans to an you know what the NHL already has nothing those people are already watching games so they're already if, watching
1: games they're already buying merch from their team that they support they're already Yeah, it's not, they're not adding money. They're not, they're adding ticket sales. And one thing that always bugs me so much is people look at the ticket sales and they think that is the end all, be all. And it's not. Ticket sales are not how you grow the game. It's, yeah, yeah, you can sell out arenas in Canada. That's great. That's awesome. Well, unless you're in Winnipeg. Yeah, unless you're in no Winnipeg.
0: There it is. Or Ottawa. There it is. Or Ottawa. Is. But Vancouver.
1: If you put them yeah, in... They do
0: okay.
1: Now. But, uh, you can sell out tickets all you want, but you're selling out tickets to a fan base that is going to be supporting the team or supporting a team, whether it's there or not. And I don't want to sound that mean, but it's, it's the facts. It's you're not gonna do anything to grow the game. Putting a team in Kansas City does ten times more to grow the game than putting a team in Quebec.
0: Just so you're saying other t- countries play hockey besides Canada. out of your head. Yes. Huh.
2: Weird. Yeah I I bet there's more fans of hockey in Russia than there are in Canada.
0: Ooh. So
2: I say we give like Siberia an NHL team before we give Canada another one.
0: You just move Winnipeg over there. Same same weather. Just boom on over. Just pop them. It's alright. We'll make it work. Well Germany. Sure, Germany could be use some growth too. Move Vancouver over there.
2: Well, yeah, but Canada might argue there's there's not as many hockey fans in Germany as there are in Canada. Hmm. We Sweden's. So let's go do Stockholm. Oh, sweet. yeah. Let, there you a, go. Put a team in Stockholm, or you know, there you go. pretty much anywhere in Finland. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure like four years of hockey is like most countries four years of you know military service in Finland. There you go.
0: Just make them so, forcefully draft them into their into their NHL team.
2: Yeah, Canada. Don't go pushing your rhetoric about how hockey belongs in Canada because that's where all the fans are. Because it's not.
0: Well, then give us everywhere. the everywhere. Actually, matter of fact, Canada, if you're going to say that. Give us the Blue Jays.
2: Yeah, Bales nobody likes Canada. baseball up there. Give us, give us, no. give us
0: the Blue Jays back. Give them back. You don't need them anymore. Let's give them back to, um, who can deserves one? We'll give them to uh Nashville. Nashville can have them. Nashville Blue Jays. There we go. See Canada? I, I think now.
2: I think they might need to change the name to like the Nashville Tim McGraws or something. But <laughs> either way, yeah, Nashville we've,
0: Twangs. We've,
2: the Nashville Twangs. that's great. I, I don't, think, depart, I don't think Blue Jay. I don't think Blue Jay works in Nashville, but maybe like the I don't know, the Montana Lumberjacks or something like that.
0: Montana. Oh, it's a big city in Montana.
2: Oh, there this you go. Edmonton.
0: This Edmonton
1: Vegas game is going
0: off the rails right now. Yeah, Dry all got a tat trick, right? I think I saw that.
2: Yeah,
1: five three right now. Germany.
0: Vegas.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean You'd have to move the Oilers over there so that they can cheer for Drysidele.
0: That's fine. That works for me. I'm, I'm cool with.
2: it. Yeah, I mean, I it's guess old. technically you're moving a Canadian team over there. That's that's yeah, what you're right? at. That
0: was, that was the homework. So,
2: I mean, the the best thing is like we've only got like two or three teams left in Canada then, and we could find ways. What if they just move the Canadians to Montreal or to uh, Quebec? Why
0: don't we just annex I Canada? Have... At this rate, just annex the entire country. That way, yeah, they but can... I mean,
2: if Quebec wants a team so bad and Canada wants to put a team in Quebec, they should just move the Montreal Canadiens to Quebec. See how much everybody enjoys that.
0: And then we can move We can move Edmonton Oilers to Hamilton. So that way they have their team too. And then Toronto can stay, I guess. We'll stay the Blue Jays back. I'm annexing the Blue Jays. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it works for me. I'm in. Calgary Flames, they need a home anyway. So he could move them over to Germany and then move, maybe move. Yeah, because they need a new home anyway yeah, I mean, so if, instead of paying at the least millions. If you I mean,
2: move, at least if you move them, nobody who goes to a Flames game in another country has to worry about a piece of concrete falling off the roof and hitting them in the head.
0: It's a complete win all around.
2: Yeah, nobody's going to get sued uh, over there.
0: Yeah, I'm only hearing wins. And no more,
1: no more walk of death for the media <laughs> members.
2: Well, there you
0: go. Yep. I mean, sure, we play in a college arena. At least you don't play in freaking purgatory. Like, good lord. The Last of Us arena over there. Good lord. But I guess it's time after we're done uh, <laughs> ragging on Canada to add to the further uh, American dominance. Our U18 boys just scored the gold. So there we go.
2: Yeah. But oh. also in that tournament, ragging on Canada. Um, Canada lost to Sweden twice, 8 nothing in the round robin, 7-2 in the semifinals. Canada, what's going on with you? You guys can't you know even what? win a U18 tournament anymore.
0: Something just hit me, actually. Well, it just I think it makes sense now. I think they want to relocate all the teams to Canada because they can't compete with the U.S. So they get rid of the U.S. They don't have to worry about it.
2: It makes hey, they perfect can, sense. They it's can't all adding compete up. with Sweden in this tournament, so...
0: There we go. They're trying to take, trying to relocate the Swedish teams there too. Have the moose jaw something's yep. Just move them all over. One thing,
1: one thing that did stick out from this is just how much that talent gap has been closed. It, it really is amazing how much the US N T E P has helped the United States uh, talent base. Just, it it's amazing. We have another great class coming out after another great class this year. Just things you love to see things you love to see. Sure do. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much we have to talk about this. This is going to be an entire podcast essentially later on. So because me and Matt could, Gush about this for an hour based on so many things from so many prospects and so many things we watched over the last week and a half.
0: I'm just here to talk yep. on Canada. So that's why yep. I'm
2: here. No, we'll we'll get to all of that next week when we do our uh, our draft lottery special. We'll be talking about a lot of guys that played in the U eighteen tournament. Some of them saw their stock rise, some of them st- saw their stock fall. Um to Grandy's point, the US national team development program. Uh, it's it's done so much to level the playing field. What I was actually more impressed with in this tournament was Team Sweden. Um, uh, they were every bit as good as the U.S. without having every bit of the talent that the U.S. did in this tournament. It speaks volumes to the program that Sweden's developed for its junior teams or for its junior national team. Um, you know, outside of Otto Stenberg and uh Axel Sendin Pelika, you know, they were they're just a group of average kids out there. Um, you know, Tom Wallander, Willander might be another one that we see go kind of early, but man, I was very, very, very impressed with how well Sweden played as a team. So all the credit in the world to that country and and their program, their youth program. Um, you know, Another for a long time. Too. Oh, for a long time it was U.S. and U.S. and Canada, and we're starting to see it more and more with Sweden, Finland. Um, you know, this is great for the game.
1: Another one I wanted to throw out there too was the growing game in Slovakia. Their team has been on the rise over the last couple of years, and you're starting to see it with some of the talent coming into the league. But this tournament too, you saw, you saw them deliver some haymakers to some of the top teams. Uh, it didn't; uh, they didn't end up meddling. They lost to the Canada in the bronze game, but they came really close for a team that's been an afterthought for most of their existence.
2: Yeah, no, they weren't an easy out. I mean, we saw uh, Slavkovsky and and Nemec go one and two last year. Um, Dalibor Dvorsky should be a top 10 pick. I've seen some. Uh, Grant McCag from uh, recruits has him as a lock for a top five. I don't necessarily agree with that, but they're starting to turn out some great prospects as well.
1: Just, Just so much. And this is why I want to see the game grow because – so much talent coming into this league we really are witnessing the golden age of hockey and it's getting better every year so just watch the game watch the games watch these kids it's it's gonna be fun
0: getting better for more, everyone except for Canada i mean yeah sorry <laughs> i mean everybody and, but them sorry
2: and you know what the more the game grows everywhere outside of all of these traditional hockey markets, the more we'll actually see expansion because right now it'd be hard to water down the league with two more teams. I I don't know that there's a ton of talent out there in two more expansion drafts um, that wouldn't just absolutely start decimating some teams. Um, But this is good. This is, this is a great thing for the game having more than just, you know, Canadian players making up fifty and sixty percent of the league. This is huge for the game. Mm-hmm.
1: Well let's look at the best player in the playoffs so far is from Arizona. Was born in Arizona. Impossible. Now you can make the argument that oh it's because his dad played here, but still he was born in Arizona. He We're not his- talking
2: about Austin Matthews, Toronto.
1: No, we aren't are <laughs> um, uh, uh, but uh, if you want to make the argument of oh, it was just because his dad played here, well, he played his youth hockey in Missouri. That's not exactly a traditional market either. So, nope. Watching these traditional markets grow or these non-traditional markets grow is just adding more talent.
0: Matthews, are Arizona. Sweating? Canadians up there sweating over like longitude latitude lines. Well, actually, he was above the uh, 139th parallel. That could be Canada if the Pangaea would have moved. Like, okay, buddy.
2: Sorry, I'm yeah, not keep, good at hockey anymore, Canada. Keep in mind, Canada, when you were cheering for Matthew Nye scoring his first career goal. He's another mm. Arizona boy.
0: They love him up there. It's crazy. They hate the hate the Coyotes, but they love the love drafting the players that love them. So,
2: and and Isn't the one thing I love it? is all of them have this. Conception that and they Love to say well Austin Matthews Is just so good at hockey he would have played Hockey whether the Coyotes Existed or not Austin Matthews has on record said That the Coyotes are the reason That he played hockey
1: Austin Matthews is on record Saying he was on his way to playing Baseball and who knows Where that would have gone Had it not been for Going to the Coyotes games had it not been for Danny Breer in specific.
0: The only thing I don't understand, if I can just take a quick little aside real quick. So the, the, the Canadians are seeming to hate the, the game growing, right? They seeming to be like, oh, well, you know, it belongs here in Canada. They were celebrating extremely hard the fact they made the World Cup roster. And it's like, well, it's the same feeling. The same feeling you have when you see Florida making a big playoff run, Seattle making a big playoff but, run, Arizona. It's like the same feeling. It's the same thing. But that's not how Should they're viewing
1: it. You're, you have to understand that. That's not how they're viewing it. They're not viewing this as, oh, this is... They're viewing it as, oh, Arizona can't sell tickets. It's bad for the game. Like I said, it's this antiquated model of basing 100% of how you view a team off of its ticket sales. Which is just dumb. They think Arizona is actively hurting the league because of... Oh, they're a small arena, or oh, they weren't selling out games in Glendale. All
2: right, guys. It's not so. That, so, yeah. not to change the topic here, but um, if the score holds five-four, who did a four-goal game better in a loss, Joe Pavelski or Leon Drysaddle? Because he just scored his fourth. Leon Dreis- oh,
0: uh, can I say? Sit- oh man,
1: somewhere yeah. out there, Joe.
0: Oh, Joseph. yeah! yeah remember I, mean, that joke. Joseph, I caught that Joseph, reference.
2: That 30, 38 years old, and that fourth goal, like out of midair. That I I felt it, so bad when Seattle won that game in overtime. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Pavelski
1: because he is Captain America. So for that reason, I'm going Pavelski.
2: So but so is this like so is this like America versus the Nazis or? <laughs>
0: Uh, no, no. I, said, no, I won't no, say Drysaddle. No, no. Then oh I won't say dry Then. Never mind. I was gonna say Drysaddle. I was like, uh maybe, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't no, no,
2: pick. Hey, I meant, I meant nobody take that seriously. I'd like to point out that nobody on this team or on this podcast has an issue with anybody on any team or supports anybody being a Nazi. So nobody's calling Leon Drysaddle a Nazi either. Just putting that the out. there. The legal department but, is
0: just angry right now. They are. <laughs>
2: Just very angry. We got
0: the disclaimers handled. Yeah. Oh, I see paperwork filing. Oh, great. Okay, perfect. I was going to say dry side, All You say, oh, Nazi. I was like, oh, man. I was going to say dry saddle. the like, oh, wrong time.
2: <laughs> Oops. But, but we are on pace. Uh, you know, there's nine minutes left in the game. I would imagine somebody else is going to score, even if it's an empty netter. But we're on pace for back-to-back nights, 5-4 wins. And the team on the losing side has a four-goal score. That's, that's why surreal. the NHL playoffs are better that's than that's any say. other league.
0: Elite. It is the best playoffs ever, ever. I mean, what even? What even comes close? Definitely not the NFL. I don't think NFL playoffs are that entertaining. I mean, I can't even think. Of what was a close second? If you had no, to, like mean, gun think, to think, your think head about the to NFL, when people
2: like... are like talking about all oh, the Super Bowl commercials. I can't wait. Who says that? Yeah, exactly.
0: That? Exactly. Exactly. Like, like yeah. if your game NFL is Plus not
2: great enough that people are excited for the commercials and the Super or Bowl parties show. more than or the halftime show, if if they're more excited about that stuff than the game itself, your product probably isn't that great. Your marketing department somebody needs a fucking Nobel Peace Prize. But yeah. Your Nobel product Prize. sucks.
1: I will say the how is no party prize that after that rant I was going to say the NFL playoffs is the second best. No, but no, no, I, no, 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 no.
2: Compared uh, to no. what? Compared to I would what? say baseball. would right, be second best
0: in this country. But if I if I can say Champions League, that's probably no, second best. No, Champions no, League second no, best. No, Champions no, League is second no, best. One no, hundred You know what? Like, I, it's not.
2: It's not for me. It's not for me. But. Uh, you know what? You watch like highlights of soccer playoffs and stuff like that. And people are going nuts, like absolutely nuts the entire game. Like during a whistle, the, the crowd is mm-hmm. going nuts. Like the ref's got the ball in his hands and the crowd won't shut up. Like they, well, they're just not the four best
1: of best. because it's because there's so little action happening on the, on the field. They have to find some way to entertain themselves.
2: Watch, okay, a, Champions League game. Can you Watch imagine, a Champions League game. Can it's you imagine different. a game giving you different. so much energy that for two hours you can blow into a horn that doesn't actually make noise unless you blow it correctly? And they do that for two straight hours. Mm-hmm. I don't have and that plus kind it's of like, energy.
0: And the setup, too. Champions League is the four best teams of the best leagues in Europe playing against each other. That's like... Hey, it's like the, the, the
2: Memorial best. Cup amongst pro... Leagues.
0: It's the best. Second best. And yeah. Only no, playoffs I, beat champions
2: league. I, I will say I'd, I'd probably put champions league there if we're talking about international, but if we're talking about oh, yeah, among here, the four major sports, yeah. it'd be baseball. Baseball would yeah. be number two to me. NFL, yeah. NBA, uh, toss, toss a coin. I mean, quite honestly I'd, watch, I'd watch me. honestly, I'd rather watch like the, the masters. Honestly, I'd rather watch the masters and I'm not even I really like involved. but I'd rather watch, <laughs> the masters than the nba and granted the super bowl carries the nfl playoffs but some of those divisional games are horrible um, like absolutely yeah, garbage so if you're talking about playoffs in a whole like as a the super bowl a, saves them sometimes
1: as a big <clears throat> basketball fan nba playoffs are
2: trash until the
1: championship game because Nine out of ten times, you know the two teams that are going to be in that final round, and it's all about those two teams meeting because that's it, you have the best players in the world going up against each other. But until then, they're bad. There's some, but there is some really good NFL playoff games. There was some really good NFL playoff games this year. There was some bad ones. There was some stinkers.
2: There's been some stinker NHL playoff games too.
1: Yeah, it's but just... they're
2: stinker games, not really stinker series. I, occasionally, you have like a dominant team sweep a bad team, and you know, in a one eight situation or something like that. But we like just we saw all
1: expected this year.
2: Yeah, we just saw a Florida team yeah. finish with 53 fewer points than Boston, beat Boston in seven. I mean, crazy. Crazy. uh, Nobody's expecting like like go back a couple of years, well, a lot of years now, back to like the beast mode run against the Saints in like 2012 or whatever that was, when the seven and nine Seahawks won a game. That that was fun. That was great. That was great for the game. But how many of those games do you actually get? So often you see a twelve and four team taking on a seven and nine. And granted, now we're at seventeen games, so we'll see the records change a little bit, but you know, you see Aaron Rodgers go up against Daniel Jones. Like that's not a great matchup. Unless Green Bay blows it, which they're prone to do because I was going to say cheer for it. So uh,
1: so, the last several times the Green Bay has made the playoffs, they've blown it to those exact scenarios.
2: Yeah. But normally they, they blow it they don't get out coached they don't get outplayed but they they just they go into games expecting to win and and that's those are bad games to watch you just see a team look like they come in not prepared or not taking the game serious those aren't fun even when there are upsets they're just not fun games to watch but when you see hockey or baseball teams upset favorites, either you had an ace on the mound in game five and game six, you know, that came in and, and just absolutely shut the door mm-hmm. against the powerhouse offense. And mm-hmm. you got enough out of your offense, and that's fun to watch. Or, you know, your your pitching staff did just enough and your position players killed it. You know, everybody's getting on base. You know, guys are hitting home runs that part normally of, don't. Like those; those are what makes baseball exciting. It's the same of, thing in hockey.
1: Part of my problem is I'm part of the growing American contingent of the dying sport. That just I don't care about baseball.
2: I think that flipped a little Ooh. bit already this year with the oh yeah,
0: because games
2: games have dropped on average twenty five or thirty minutes, and
0: fans oh, are watchable. fans they're are
2: flocking watchable. back to baseball, yeah, you know everybody oh, talked yeah. about the strike killing baseball and yeah it it hurts baseball more than any other sport, but this pitch clock has done so much to make baseball a lot more enjoyable um, mm-hmm. funny, you know, it's
1: almost like adding a I knew it was coming something that <laughs> revolutionizes coming. the game can influence and help boost up fan engagement.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely does. If it's every game and not one play in game at the end of the season,
1: I wasn't even talking about the play in game. I was just talking oh, about the, the need for widespread changes in the
2: NHL.
0: But let me, let mm-hmm. me add
1: something real <laughs> quick. We... Your list
2: playing <laughs> games. Before you three point games. I I would love to go back to three point games.
0: So it should be. But three points ask you for a win,
2: two and one for an overtime, one and one, Wait, just let What it end in a time. The issue
1: the issue you're having right now is you have so the three and three overtime was fantastic when it was first introduced, and now it's 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 boring again
2: because coaches have killed it because they play for the shootout. They play for the 50% chance. Going back across the red line should result in an automatic whistle if you intentionally carry the puck back over center ice. Yes. Mm, I like that. Results in an automatic whistle. Even if it slow it, it might potentially slow the game down early on, but you will have teams try and force plays to avoid that whistle and maintain possession. So it might not be that detrimental
1: there is there's is a whole offseason pod we need to do about changes oh, yeah, we would sure. make to the nhl so yeah well,
0: that'll
1: that be down a summer for...
2: topic for for everybody for sure. listening that wants to hear us get into more of that we'll actually post a a poll up with oh, some yeah. different options and we'd like to get an idea what everybody thinks it'll be some stuff we talk about on the show as as we kind of get into that dead zone you know Playoffs are kind of winding down. We're getting close to the draft free agency. We'll find some time in there to For to sure. talk about some changes in the NHL.
1: Yeah. That'd after that first week of free agency, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff like that. Oh
2: yeah. It's going to be. Oh yeah. Well,
0: I guess if we're ready before we get onto our ad break, we do have one more topic. Um, speaking of things that are going on the off season, the Calder finalists were announced today with no. Michelle. <laughs> On there, are we shocked at all?
1: Sadly, I'm not shocked,
0: yeah. I'm me disappointed.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, too. Owen Power, I can get why he's a finalist, I don't get why he's a finalist over um, over Machelli. You can say, oh, well, he's a defenseman and he played outstanding. His defense was horrible this year. If you look at his defensive numbers, it was bad. He put up some good points, and again, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be a finalist, but does he deserve to be a finalist over Michele? I don't think so, and that's not even before we get to the Stuart Skinner, and there's one model out there where he is 10th in the league in expected goals. There's four other models out there that have him 20th or below in expected goals, Wow. It wasn't that he was a great goalie. It's that he was a competent goalie playing in front of McDavid and dry Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm really not surprised by this. I, when we talked about this before, we all said Michelli probably deserves it. It's Maddie Benier's trophy to win. Um, so I guess in the immortal words of Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> so am I upset about it? No, I I'm really not. I, with Grandy, I am a little disappointed that national media doesn't take the time to recognize players in Arizona who absolutely had a phenomenal rookie season. Um, you know, that, that part of it's a little disappointing, but I'm, I'm not really shocked and I'm not I'm not saying that Skinner or Powers aren't deserving um you know it's basically where where do you think he should land as one of the league's best rookies this year I would have had him at 3rd but you know that's just me um Wyatt Johnson's ooh, ooh. another one that probably could have been ahead of Stuart Skinner as well uh Wyatt Johnson yeah. had 24 goals this year he was tied with Matty Beniers in that that category, and he played in a pretty big role for Dallas. So Stuart Skinner, I had a problem maybe with him being where he is. Does he deserve recognition for you know basically stealing the job from Jack Campbell and especially the the run Edmonton had? You know they they went twenty one straight games without a loss in regulation. Uh, you could have McDavid and Drysaitel in front of you, but you still need competent goaltending. So. Again, nothing against Stuart Skinner, but if there's one to pull off that list, I'd put Skinner behind Matthias Michelli at three and behind Wyatt Johnson at four.
0: What do you think the reason choosing those three were, though? What do you think the criteria was? Because, I mean, if you're saying, you know, he's 20th in goals expected or whatever, what was the – I mean, was just throwing darts at the board, make sure Arizona doesn't get on there? Like, what was the process?
1: No, it's he plays – He plays for a playoff team. He's the starting goalie for a playoff team. And again, he deserves accolades. He deserves, I'm not trying to say he had a bad year. 20th and expected
2: goals is actually a lot better than it sounds. It's just. It probably puts you in the 10 to 13 range among starters.
1: Yeah. It's just. Over Michelli. That's where my issue is. Stuart Skinner had a good year. Owen Tower had a good year. Wyatt Johnson had a good year. Jake Sanderson had a good year. But the other issue I'm having is, and look, I love Jay Fresh and guys like him, but Jay Fresh oh, yeah. tweeted out his, uh, his numbers for the Calder finalists and then threw out four people that he thought should have been runners up. And he had Noah Cates on that list. Noah Cates is a phenomenal defensive forward. Why is he on that list above Pacelli? Oh it's, hmm. and it's not just him. It's Nobody even has him in their runners-up right now. That's where my frustration is. That's where my...
2: Uh, we'll have to see heart. where actual voting lands when the award comes out and, you know, they... I think they carry what, like up to 16 positions based on votes or something like that. Um, but we'll see where he lands. I have a feeling he's probably going to end up falling at five, but we'll see. Uh, there is I think, obviously the I think Arizona be bias below, there.
1: I think he'll be below both Wyatt Johnston
2: and Jake Sanderson. I think we're looking at six. Um. Yeah, I, I think Sanderson had a good enough year to garner some recognition, but I think if the vote took place in January, Sanderson might be at three. I I don't think he played very well at all over the final couple months of the year. You could tell that the long season wore on him that might hurt him. And, and I think that could drop him out of there. Yeah. Wyatt scoring 24 goals as a rookie goals, goals always get looked at above anything else. And and that's probably the biggest issue that Michelli had scoring 11 goals. It, it doesn't bode well for voters because they look at it and go, well, you know, how many, uh, they're not watching games. They're not going, how many of those that he actually set up, how many were primary, how many, you know, were cross slot passes, how many were, you know, his no look behind the back passes, the Krause out in front, you know, they're not seeing those. They're, they're just voting purely on numbers. And I, I do think that's, a detriment to what it is to play in Arizona. I, that's the Arizona bias. Voters aren't watching.
0: I think that sounds about right. But you know, you know, if you are missing out on your favorite NHL games of the week, you can sign up for a subscription at ESPN plus your number one spot to watch NHL hockey by visiting inside slash ESPN. a light break there. But I guess uh, with the ESPN Plus, you can watch the playoff chaos that's going on. We have obviously the Bruins, the greatest regular season team of all time, fighting the dust. We have the Avs getting beat by the new guys on the block. Grandy, uh, what has been your favorite singular moment so far? If you had to pick just one moment this, so far this playoffs, what has been your favorite?
1: It I'm gonna go with not so much a moment, but just a player's performance and that is Matthew kachuk putting the Florida Panthers on his back making his making his we're going to seven guarantee and then icing the game with goals uh, so yeah, I will to you on a moment is that game six where he iced the game with his goals to bring it to a game seven after making the guarantee.
0: What city in Canada homes. was he born in? Oh, that's right. That's right. How could I forget? Forgive me for that. Sorry. So, Matt, he just came back. Um, we basically are choosing our favorite playoff moment so far. Just one for now. You've got to pick one singular moment so far. Uh, Grandy said the Kachuk putting Florida cats on his back.
2: I'm going to piggyback off that because after the win in Boston in game five. He basically said, we're going to be back here for game seven. And then he goes that and was, scores two goals and an assist. In that was game my moment six. I said. Yeah. How, yep. how do you, how do you yeah. like not? That's huge. The, I guess my, it, it's my flying just flying under the just... radar. My flying under the radar one though is a Schmidt came yeah, in New Jersey down two nothing in the series. He gives up one goal, one goal, shuts him out, has a bad game, gives up five. They stick with him, and he shuts him out again, and New Jersey takes the series. He's, man, for a 22-year-old goalie, he had a Jake Ottinger-type series that basically carried New Jersey into round two.
1: That was one thing I wanted to talk about with these playoffs, too, was goaltending and the importance or lack of importance of having a truly elite guy. Do you want that Vizina candidate? Absolutely. Of course you do. But let's look at the Vizina candidates this year. Sorokin. Uh, Swayman. Or not Swayman. Ullman. Chester. Olmark, Olmark. That's it. Olmark. Shisterkin, the Sorokin, they're all out. The guys that are advancing are if, if Romsky, you want to go one
2: go if you want to go one farther with that uh Goudreau, or sorry not Goudreau. um Huber? No, Minnesota. Uh Gustafson. Fleury. No, Gustafson. But, um but prob- yeah. maybe not a, a candidate, but the way he played throughout the year probably finishes Top five, top six in that conversation, he's out as well.
1: And uh yeah, the oh my god, I'm blanking on his name now. But the Winnipeg Jets goalie too. He's Connor oh, Hellebuck. Hellebuck. Hellebuck is a phenomenal goalie. These teams with the better goaltending almost unilaterally lost. Hmm. Um Akira hear that, Stuart Skinner, the,
2: you're not actually
1: that good. This <laughs> isn't to take this isn't to take anything away from Akira Schmid, because he did come in and be phenomenal. But through seven games, Shusterkin was bottom of, or uh, top of the league in fewest goals allowed. Because that just, uh, his performance was amazing, but the team just couldn't
2: support him. Um,. Yeah, from an analytic standpoint, Shesterkin uh his goal saved above expected was eight point three in a seven game series. Uh Ottinger at you know before the conclusion of game seven was in second at four point three. Uh Schmid did finish at four point five. But if 4.3, 4.5, 4.0 is what you're getting out of most goalies, and Shesterkin is doubling them up and they're still losing, man, I, it doesn't help that Schmid came in and, and basically helped New Jersey get back into that series. But New York let Shusterkin down. He did way more than enough for them to win.
0: It was, just,
1: it, was just a, it was just an incredible playoffs from that perspective because – just, again, looking across the league, there was some... I picked the Jets to beat the to beat the Knights because I was looking at that goaltending matchup like... How? How are you really going to tell me? I couldn't even tell you who the Vegas starter was a month ago.
2: Well, they had um, four of them. I mean, they had Logan Thompson, Jonathan Quick, Brassois. Lauren,
1: I, Lauren I, Brassois I mean, was their starter through round one. Lauren Brossoy, a guy who washed out of being Alia Buck's backup.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know the one guy we didn't talk about who's out as well is Andre Vasilevsky, who oh, yeah, one yeah. of the best goalies in the world. His save percentage in the playoffs this year was sub 900. That wow. I nothing nothing against Toronto. They earned their trip to the second round, but Tampa Bay did enough to win that series outside of their goaltending. Um, Tampa Bay should be playing in round two and and not so much moving on from goaltending, but kind of segueing into Florida's getting competent goaltending out of Bobrovsky right now. And Florida is a lot like Edmonton was to finish the year. I think they were like 26, 13, and 4, down the stretch or something in the in the second half of the season, after they weren't in a playoff position at Thanksgiving, um, there were Montreal fans rejoicing, thinking they were going to get two top ten picks because Florida was that bad. Florida was going to be sellers. Um, Florida finished seventh in the league in expected goals percentage, and they're getting some competent goaltending right now. So, if you want to talk about Playoff chaos, Florida is one to watch. Um, I think there's a legitimate shot that they could come out of that series in six or seven games again. Um, and they'll play the winner of Carolina and New Jersey. And, you know, uh, all the good things we just talked about with Schmidt and what competent goaltending can do for you, he's 22 years old. We'll see if that holds up. Carolina's down a couple of stars. You know, Svechnikov's not playing. He's not coming back in the playoffs. Um, we'll we'll see what happens, but Florida could be... Uh, granted, New Jersey is is the team I want to do it. Florida would be my dark horse out of the East right now. They're getting decent enough goaltending. Grandy and I talked about Matthew Kachuk, what he's done to put them on his back. I don't know. Uh, does Does Florida beat Toronto, guys?
0: I think so.
1: I'm riding the Florida. I'm league. riding. Yeah,
0: me too. I'm all the I'm way. I'm
1: all aboard. Um, Matthew Kachuk is an absolute joy <laughs> to watch. I, I'd i make the argument, and I think for this season, you can definitely say he was, but I'd make the argument he's the best winger in the league right now. trophy he, He's playing phenomenally. It, I, like I, I said, he put florida on his back in yeah, the he really sixth, did. and it was just amazing it was just one of the best single game performances i've seen
0: you think yeah. he's welcome in boston <laughs> Is it kind automatically of, like oh no you got to get probably, out of here probably accident,
2: in the same but. way like brad marchand is welcome in calgary or in uh, vancouver <laughs> um oh, yeah yeah to to be fair i i can't in my mind, put him ahead of David Pasternak. I think Matthew Kachuk is the best left wing in hockey right now. I still think David Pasternak is the best winger in hockey for the money. Um, It's close. I mean, there's probably people that agree with me and people that disagree. It's kind of a coin flip between those guys. But right now, I, I still think I'm taking David Pasternak over Matthew Kachuk. If Kachuk has another year like he had this year, though, it's hard to to argue against it. But Pasternak's been this good for three seasons now. And I think Matthew Kachuk had a great year in Calgary last year, but it was nothing like the year he had this year. He put himself in elite conversation uh, right there as, uh, you know, knocking on the door of the top five in the league. He was a 105
1: point player in the league last
2: year. Yeah. Like I said, he had a great year in Calgary, but last year in Calgary, he played on a line with Johnny Goudreau and with uh, Elias Lindholm. This year, he primarily played with guys like Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhart. You know, he, he wasn't playing with Barkov, he wasn't, you know, Florida's super line left winger. So I think what he did this year far exceeds what he did in Calgary because I think he played with a lot more talent on his line consistently in Calgary last year.
0: Let me ask you this though. If you're Boston, what do you do this off season? Like what do you do? You are the best team it- Regular season, I I think it really
2: depends on what Gracie and Bergeron want to do. I mean, if those two guys want to come back, you kind of have to try and run it back. The problem you you
1: have with that, though, is because of the steals that they signed this year to come back. Four point five million dollars is going against the cap from performance bonus, next penalties. Yep. So you're behind the eight ball already. Four point five million in a Abstract League. You have nine UFAs and three RFAs
2: Oof. that played major roles for your team.
1: It's gonna be really the, hard to
2: the space that they have to sign. The space they have to sign guys is there. The problem is some of those guys they made names for themselves. Tyler Bertuzzi's probably gonna see a a hefty contract offer from somebody because I think he had, what, 10 points in seven games in the playoffs. He had a huge goal in game seven that, you know, would have been the game winner had Florida not tied it with, you know, 59 seconds left. Taylor Hall might be a guy that you consider moving to make some of that cap space. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, like Randy said, there's guys that, you got to resign. might have priced them. Yeah, Orlov's another one that might have priced themselves out.
1: Well, Orlov's already talking about going back to Washington in his his uh exit interview with the Boston Media was talking about how, how yeah, he thinks he's going to resign with Washington because he just he wants to end his career there. And this is his last
2: contract or his last big contract. Yeah, there's going to be interesting. There's a lot of work that's got to get done in Boston, but I I do think whatever Boston does, it's going to circle around. Is Bergeron done? Is Krejci done? I think those two basically signal we're going to run it back one more year or we're going to get into the rebuild. And, and then what do you do with Posternock at that point? Because you just signed him to a long-term deal. Taylor Hall, if you're going into a rebuild, Taylor Hall is not going to want to be there. You probably don't want him there. He's probably worth, you know, uh, an asset or two coming back the other way. Um, Jake DeBrusk rescinded his trade request because he started seeing some playing time. Boston's winning. Jake DeBrusk is probably going to ask for that trade again when, you know, he's he doesn't have that luxury of of being. A top line guy playing 20 minutes for a winning team. Um, you know, Marchand's 35 now, something like that, 34 in that range. Um, what do you do with him? I think he's got one more year on his deal. Um, go train the Ninja Ninja Turtles. At, do you look That's at I mean. him?
1: Well, another guy I think that you want to look at talking about moving to is he just had a Zina caliber season. But do you look at moving Olmark when you have Swayman right behind him who didn't, who had a, uh, he wasn't as good this year as he was last year, but he had a phenomenal rookie year. Um, do you trust that Swayman bounces back, get what you can for Olmark, clear up that cap space and use those pieces to retool?
2: Yeah. So that's, that goes back to like the goalie market in general. Um, we all know the goalie market as far as, you know, trades go. Goalies don't bring a ton in return. Um marks value is never going to be higher than it is right now. Uh, he's going on 30 years old. He's only being paid 5 million. He's got two more years under contract. That's, that's one that you probably really have to consider, especially with Swayman being an RFA who does not have arbitration. Oh, I'm sorry. He does have arbitration rights. Um, but you can potentially lock Swayman up for less than you're paying Allmark. Um, you can bring in somebody to back up for a lot less than what you're going to pay Allmark and Swayman to both be there. And, you know, you you kind of have to, you really have to look at that one. But this goes back to, are you looking to run it back? Are you looking to rebuild? I think in either case, you can move on from Allmark. Because I think that $5 million that you'd free up on Allmark and the, the fewer dollars that you pay Swayman, that helps with your cap space next season. And every dollar counts
1: when it comes to cap space right now.
0: You know, I heard all that, and I thought, "Well, to me a coyote. Awesome, we'll take him. We'll pay him. Come on, yeah." I
2: I think he might be a come little on. bit upset about about being sent here, but ah, oh, come on, he looked I great,
0: in The Arizona nice jersey. Uh,
2: you know, his contract's not terrible. Uh, he's only getting paid four million a year. He's got one more year left on that that contract beyond. Well, I guess this year's over. Um, so. You know he's he's definitely more likely to be a rental candidate at the deadline than somebody that gets moved this season. Yeah,
1: that's not a it's not a trade the Coyotes want to make. Not when he can walk
0: next so you're year. You're saying I shouldn't make my custom DeBrusque jersey right now?
2: No, no, I no. do not All right, I'll cancel. But it. I, I mean yeah. that a couple of the the pieces that Boston's going to lose aren't going to be a big deal. Nick Foligno, uh, you know, he was a a three point eight million dollar cap hit. He's gone. Um, uh, He's a he's an important piece in the locker room, but I don't I don't think they're going to be hurting too much without him. the The big ones right now, Thomas or uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. He's he's the guy that probably they got more out of than they expected to when they made a move to get him. Um, He's probably the one guy that any team who actually acquired a rental is probably going to be sore to lose. I don't think Toronto cares about losing Ryan O'Reilly or Noel Achari. Um, The devils are more than likely going to sign Timo Meyer. So I'm not really going to put him in the category of a team losing their rental.
0: Um, but signed, uh, Horvath, so they're assigned Horvat. So they Yeah, Horvat's
2: locked up. So Tyler Bertuzzi might be the rental that a team ends up losing that they're upset about losing. Back to the Red Wings.
0: The Eiser uh, plan continues, baby.
2: I mean, the whole thing with Steve Iserman was he didn't want to pay Bertuzzi the kind of money that Bertuzzi was asking for. And I think. What Bertuzzi just did in the playoffs, somebody in free agency is going to pay him. He's probably going to get a five to six year deal, uh, maybe in this the five million to six million range. Um, he, five by five. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised there, and I, I don't know why He's... Iserman wouldn't make that offer, but I I don't think they saw eye to eye there. Heiserplan. I could see,
1: I could see if uh, the Senators have to move on from the brinkhead. I can see them going pretty
2: hard after him. He makes yeah, sense that, as a, as a, that would make a lot of sense to them
1: replacement there.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't know that they've got the same kind of game, but Marshan and Bertuzzi play very similar games. You kind of get a poor man's Marshan out of Tyler Bertuzzi. And that's a guy that I think Ottawa could probably use, um, They're a very young team. They've got Brady Kachuk, who kind of plays that role, that hard-nosed role. But he's not quite the pest that maybe you want around a lot of those young guys that kind of is in there making it rough for guys that are trying to make life bad for Sanderson and Stutzel and and Josh Norris and, and a lot of your young guys. So he makes a lot of sense in Ottawa.
0: You know, if you guys want to cover that last topic, I have a perfect segue for it. Let's do it. All right. So, speaking of moving things around, the 2016 draft welcomed in a lot of players, a couple that Coyotes fans, one love, and two got shipped off. But if we were to redraft, let's say those first 10 picks, who do you think moves up? Down doesn't get drafted. Maybe get slept on. What would you, if you had to, just kind of? I can read out the list if you'd like. I pulled it up already. If you have me to send you a oh, reminder, I
2: have it. I have it no, here. that that's okay. okay.
0: So sure, I figure guys, I probably have it just in case.
2: Grandy, I'm I'm guessing we're both in agreement. Austin Matthew still goes first. Yep. I mean, I have
1: a feeling we're in agreement on number two that
2: Matthew chuck goes second. Yep. Pierre Luc
1: Dubois, think- I think, still goes third.
2: You know, so here's here's my thing about PLD. Um, if we're talking redrafting completely oh. hindsight, you know, everything yes. that's happened, um, you know, him talking about where he wants to be and his basically lack of effort, lack of drive to play in Columbus. And then we kind of saw it this year with the Jets when things aren't going right, he's, I don't know, he kind of disappears. And to me, if you're you're going to take a guy that high at number three, I think he's got to be a guy that buys in completely to your team to the point where even in a game where you're down five, six, seven, you know, whatever, late in the third period, you want to know that he still wants to be the next guy out onto the ice, and you know he's not that guy to me. Um, Actually, so
1: I I changed my mind. Anyway. I'm going to go with Adam Fox.
2: The- I'm going to go with Adam Fox at three. I I I don't see how there's anybody else outside of Fox that really deserves that spot. I was going to go Tage Thompson and then Adam Fox. So I I could see Tage Thompson at number three, but Tage Thompson's had one phenomenal year and he's had some years where he's built up to what he's done this year, but based on this year alone, I mean, if we're basing it solely off this year, yeah, I'd put Tage Thompson at three, but Adam Fox is a, a consistent Norris trophy candidate. I got, I got to put Adam Fox at three.
1: Okay. So there's our first difference at three. So who's your fourth pick
2: then? That that's hard because uh, we just talked Page. about Tage Thompson. I I also like Alex Debrinket, um potentially being at number four. Um, and, and quite honestly, as much as you like Tage Thompson, I I think the reason he would go as high as he would is because of his size in terms of outright production. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I've got Sage Thompson in my top five, honestly. Um, so I, I'm probably going to go to Brinkett because I think he's uh, the hardest thing in the league to do is score goals. And I think he's probably the best goal, pure goal scorer that came out of this draft so far because he's done it consistently. Yes. Okay, so at my
1: five. I'm going Charlie McAvoy. He's one of the best defensemen in the league, just bar none. He's an incredible defenseman, just incredibly solid. Does everything you want.
2: Yeah, I, I think he lacks a little bit on the power play. Um, you know, he's he's not quite the quarterback, but you're right. He does everything else defensively. He's one of the best. He kind of uh, he's a a carbon copy of Adam Fox without the 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 point production but his zone exits are great his entries are great um you know he makes the smart play he doesn't take bad penalties in his own zone he's a monster so yeah i i totally get that at five um so just to recap we both had matthews and then kachuk um i then i went adam fox i went alex the brinkett um I'm going to follow that up, surprisingly, unsurprisingly, with Clayton Keller. Um, Again, Tage Thompson, I get it. He's had a phenomenal year this year. I think this year he was better than Keller, but I don't think he was that much better than Keller. Uh, Keller played on a worse team. I think he had worse line mates. And Keller's a point per game player for multiple years in a row now. And he does a lot more than tage thompson does clayton keller plays on the penalty kill clayton keller's out there in the final minute of a game when the net's empty and they're trying to protect the lead i i would have clayton keller at number five
1: my number five i think i have to bring cat. well or you, no, you had, had, McAvoy, had McAvoy, mcavoy at five yeah, so you're so six so, would
2: be to bring so one one through five you you and i were both matthews then kachuk and then you were Tage Fox McAvoy, and I was Fox DeBrinket Keller. Yeah. So at six, you're going to it. Yeah. So, I, I guess this would probably at six be the spot to go McAvoy. Um, like I said, I. I agree with you having him at five. I I think the difference between Keller and McAvoy probably isn't that big. Um, It's hard to compare them because positionally they're, they're not the same. What they bring is completely different. Um, But the, the big thing to me is that McAvoy is not your, your power play guy. He's not going to be a point guy. Um, He just does everything else so well though, that You can't drop him that far down, so I'm going to go McAvoy at six.
1: I mean, in all honesty, if we had that, because the Norris is for best defense, for best overall defenseman, tends to go to guys who also put up lots of points. But if you had a best defensive defenseman trophy in the
2: league, I think McAvoy runs away with it this year, last year, and the year before. Um, I I still think Adam Fox probably. Gets it this year, um, best defensive defenseman. Adam Fox is uh, there. There is no no better. Fox is really play. good.
1: Def- Fox is really really good in transition defensively. I don't know
2: if he's great as
1: as good in his own zone though.
2: Uh, the shot block stuff, the the gritty part of the game, might not lend itself to Fox the way it does to McAvoy. But if you're talking about shutting down scoring chances in general, um, to me, I I still think you could put Adam Fox in that category. Uh, McAvoy probably wins it at least once, if not twice, over the last three to four years. Um, This year, though, I I think Adam Fox probably should still win the Norris, despite the fact that Eric Carlson had a 100-point season. That's how good adam fox was this year i I think it was the best year of his career and he's already won a norris yeah
1: i don't i don't have i think he definitely should have won the norris too what carl i think you also need to go and split the defenseman trophy three ways have a best overall defenseman have a best offensive defenseman have a best defensive defenseman Because it's just it's turned into whoever scores the most points gets Norris. It feels like and
2: to to an extent. I mean, we had the year a couple years ago where John Carlson wasn't even a finalist, and he led all defensemen in points. So they do still look defensively, but yeah, I do agree they they could run out a couple of awards for best defensive defenseman, best offensive. I mean. You got the Hart Trophy, the Art Ross, and the Selke. You're basically best defensive forward, highest scoring forward, so best offensive forward, and then the best overall forward, you know, winning the Hart Trophy. They should do that for defensemen. I don't Who's see you name why not
0: You got name a defenseman, defensive defenseman award. Who would you name it after?
2: Rod Langway. Or maybe the Nick Jalmerson Award. Not bad. Maybe maybe when Brett Burns retires you could could name the offensive defenseman trophy after him or uh, well I guess that'd be the Bobby Orr award, honestly. Bobby Orr or Ray Bork. Not bad. So who you got at seven, Grandy? Seven. Uh, this is where I finally mercifully have Clayton Keller going. So same spot. So do you have same him going spot. at seven because you just want him staying in Arizona? Fair question. No, I
1: that. no. It's because I mean, I, don't know, I really if... like. I really like Paige Thompson's game. Um, he had a really good year last year. I think you're underselling his year last year a little bit. Um, if you're looking production-wise, he's pretty on par with Keller throughout his career. He plays a more important position. He does he plays the PK too. He plays all those positions that you talked about Keller playing and he did it for a team that
2: was on the verge of making the playoffs this year. So he did it on a much better team though. That's that's the big difference for me. Like if you look at Tage Thompson and compare him so so we're going to do this real quick. If we, uh, Buffalo. Scoring leaders. All right. So if we look at, at the Sabres scoring, uh Tage Thompson had 94 points this year. It's a great number. He had what? Nine more than Clayton Keller. Um, Jeff Skinner. Eighty-two, Alex Tuck seventy-nine, Ross Misteline seventy-three, Dylan Cousins sixty-eight, Casey Middlestat fifty. Oh yeah, there's no, there's
1: no doubt. He's all on of those
2: coach. players, yeah. all of those players had more than the next Coyote behind Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller managed eighty-five points, while the next best Coyote, I think Nick Schmaltz had fifty-three points or something this season. I mean the, the no, disparity no between.
1: Doubt is better but for me it comes down to that positional value
2: center over winger. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess I could get that but I think play driving wingers are nearly as valuable as offensive centers. And the only reason I say that is because you can have wingers like uh, you know, Mike Hoffman or Jeff Skinner. Like, nobody's gonna look at Jeff Skinner at 82 points and be like, Yeah, I'd absolutely take him over Clayton Keller, even if they were the same age, because Jeff Skinner doesn't drive offense. And I think there's there's a difference between play driving wingers and let's say Connor Bedard isn't a center at the NHL level. I mean, he didn't play center at world juniors in either of the years that he's played at oral juniors let's assume he's drafted doesn't really stick at center he's still the number one guy when you have no, i had play I driving had ability yeah I I matthew, matthew, matthew chuck's second. a great, That's not, great example when you've got play driving ability i don't think it's as big of an issue i when have talking about thompson,
1: i have tage thompson charlie mcavoy clayton keller all in that same tier when I have guys all on that same tier,
2: I go with go by position. Yeah, no, I, yep. I could see that. I, I do think Keller's ability to drive play is ahead of, of Thompson and McAvoy. And to me, um, you know, the only reason that I got McAvoy ahead of him, you know, that that's just, man, he does so many things so well.
1: Yeah. I mean, McAvoy might be the most underrated player in the league. It's unreal.
2: Yeah, that's a the McAvoy trophy. That's a question to to think about there, because uh, there's plenty of underrated players in the league. But yeah, that that would be one to think about. And, and a big part of why he comes off as underrated is Hampus Lindholm's probably ahead of him in Norris votes. <laughs> so, which
1: I love, I love Hampus Lindholm's game, but. That's not even close to me, and who's the better defenseman?
2: No, but when you're talking about what wins you a Norris and the points and Lynn Holm being the power play guy there. um. But anyway, so you got Keller at seven. I'm going go to go Tage Thompson at seven um, oh, for all look. the reasons that we talked about. You know, that the goal scoring, him being a center. Um, I do put him as like the first guy in probably my fourth tier in this. Uh, if Matthews and Kachuk are in a tier of their own, um, and it kind of steps down from there. Sage Thompson at seven, I I love his game. I don't know that we're going to see him replicate this season every single year of his career. Um, if we do, I'd have him much higher, uh, probably up at four, just behind Adam Fox we'll see how he does. You know, we'll have to go from there.
1: So at eight, this is tough. This is, I'm debating between two players, two centers. I'm going to go with a guy I went earlier. I'm going to go PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois.
0: He, He falls that far down.
1: He, Arguably Winnipeg's best player when he plays committed. The problem is, is getting him committed. He had this issue in Columbus. He had this issue in Winnipeg. Will he have this issue when he inevitably winds up in Montreal? Who knows, but I think the issues he's had, yeah, this causes them to fall this far.
2: So, because of all of those same issues, um, I'm going Jordan Cairo. I think I think his development has been really good. Um, he's probably not a first-line center. Um, he's, he's more suited to playing the, the strong 2C role. Um, uh, he's, just, he's an all-around solid two-way guy. He scores goals. He sets plays up. He's a phenomenal skater. Um, not a lot to complain about in his game. So I I got Cairo at eight.
1: And that was the other guy I was debating between. So that's who I have. Montreal
0: number nine.
2: So yeah, I and I I I guess PLD is probably the the best fit right there at number nine. Um still not. Oh I didn't
1: even think about that. I
2: did I should flip them so PLD goes to Montreal.
0: (laughs) French Canada connection. (laughs)
2: So, uh, yeah, PLD's probably at nine for me. Um, I,
0: over Mikhail Sergachev, the original pick?
2: Yeah, I, I like Sergeyev, but I, I think Sergeyev is a little bit overinflated because of where he plays. Um, I think he's I, a second I, pair
1: defenseman at best.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the points are there, but he looked shaky. When Victor Hedman wasn't in the lineup this year, when he was asked to be that guy, um, so I, I don't, I don't think he belongs in the top ten. I think there's, there's other guys that fall in there just slightly ahead of him. Um. So yeah, I, I guess PLD is probably the guy for me at nine.
0: Montreal gets PLD.
2: So um moving this on to 10. 10? Ten. Ten is a tough one because All there's right on. there's a serious drop off um in talent here when you get to number 10. Um uh, it's not not the same class of guys that we talked about in one through nine. Uh okay. This might be a little bit off base here um, and and maybe undeserving at this point. But I think over the course of the next year or two, Dylan Dubé makes a a solid case for being at number 10. Um, I I think Carter Hart could make a solid case for being at number 10. But I'm going to have to go with Samuel Girard. Um and actually Jacob Chikren could make a, a solid case too at number 10. But to me it's it's Samuel Girard. Uh he went number 47 overall to Nashville. Um big thing on his side, he's got a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, he's he's basically been in the league since his draft year. Um you know, well, sorry, one year after that he made his debut with Nashville. Um pretty consistently been a 30-point guy or better. Um, you know, his his breakout year, probably 2020, um, 2020, 21, uh, 32 points in 48 games. Realistically, on another team, he's probably better than that. But he's played behind Kel McCarr and Devon His power play time has been limited to the second unit, and anybody that watches Colorado knows that Colorado's second unit sees about 20 seconds of every power play. Um, it, he just doesn't get quite the same opportunity. Um, even now, Boehm Byram is looking like a, a point guy. Samuel Gerard might be the odd man out there. So, but I, I, I think Sam
1: Gerard's gone in the next year or two. I, I do think so,
2: whoever gets Samuel Gerard is. Gonna get a a solid number two or number three defenseman, not second or third pair. Number two being you know your low end top pair, number three being your high end second pair. Um, I I think he's that guy. So, and additionally, if I remember right, Samuel Girard is no, he's a left left hand shot. Say if he was a right hand shot, it's almost a lock. But even as a left hand shot, I I think he's who I'd have at number ten.
1: So, just out of curiosity, no thought at all for Patrick Liney in the top 10?
2: No, I, I think I think this gets back to the same thing that I brought up with Jeff Skinner. Guys that drive play on the wing have a ton of value to me. Guys like Patrick Liney that have a phenomenal shot. I don't want to call them a dime a dozen because they're not but if you can't drive the play the way you know a guy like Keller does or you know Liney's Liney's playing with Johnny Goudreau now um prior to being in in Winnipeg he was playing with Mark Scheifele we're talking about wingers that drive play and score goals Kyle Connor you know there's so many guys that i think do a much better job than Liney at driving the play that can still score goals Lining is absolutely a first rounder. He probably goes in the top fifteen. Um, but a guy that just scores goals isn't enough for me to to go in the top. In some drafts, not in this draft.
1: So I'm actually going to be piggybacking on yours. I'm going to Sam Gerard as well. To me, he's to go back to this Charles McAvoy most underrated player. Sam Gerard is absolutely in this conversation as well. He's phenomenal offensively. He just doesn't get the run because how can you when the team has Kale McCarr? He's much better than he gets credit for defensively. He's an insanely good player that some team is going to be really lucky to have when Colorado start needs to start looking at clearing up cap space.
2: Yeah. And and of everybody we talked about he's the only guy that's got a Stanley cup right now by that, yeah. that does matter. I mean, when you yeah. talk about what a guy accomplishes in his career, if your name's not on the cup, you know, yeah, you might've had a great career, but nobody looks at Jeremy Roenick and talks about like how amazing his career was and how he's one of the best U S born players ever because he doesn't have a cup that means a lot. So Sam Girard, being the guy in that group that wins a cup, you know, that's that's a big deal. So my honorable mentions in this, Philip Gustafson, I think he's going to be a great goalie. Um, you know, he, he did a great job with Minnesota this year. He went at number 55. Um, Dylan Zube, 56, like I said, a couple years out. You know, maybe he's that guy. The one that I wouldn't call... Depressing or anything like that, but Philip Hronik, um Detroit took him. That was on a compensatory pick from Arizona, unfortunately. so that that should have been Arizona's pick. Um, you know yeah it was
1: the pick we traded them for it was a pick we traded them for Jacob Chickrins
2: Yeah, yeah, it was part of that. so the the Hronik deal. You know that that sucks. I I think he's going to be a great middle pair defenseman. Um, you know, definitely makes my honorable honorable mentions there. Um, talked about Jacob Chickering. Um, you know, a couple guys in the top ten that busted Oliyevi. Um, he, I, I had him so high on my draft board. I think he had a phenomenal juniors career playing in London. It goes to show that when you're playing with Max Domi, Matthew kachuk, Christian dvorak, um, you know that that's just something that will happen occasionally. You play with a team that's well above your skill level. You find your way playing top pair minutes, playing on the power play, and you know he's barely an NHLer anymore uh, Paul Yarvey's kind of coming around, seeing him play a little better. We talked about Sergachev. Uh, Tyson Jost, yeah, I mean, we talked about guys winning Stanley Cups. He had a big role in Colorado winning a Stanley Cup. Um, definitely still deserves to be in that first round. Uh, Jake bean, um Dante Fabro, he's just getting his feet wet. Um, uh, it for for the draft, it was it was a weird draft because i I think there's a lot of NHL talent that came out of it, but I don't think. Outside of those top nine players we talked about, that it was as elite as some of the other drafts that surrounded it, especially 2015. Um, really, really quick, Tyson Jones didn't win a Stanley Cup. Sorry, I'm thinking JT Comfer. Yeah, he was traded You're to correct. Minnesota. He was Stated traded Minnesota.
1: to Minnesota yep. that trade deadline. How unfortunate. How much would that hurt?
2: A lot. Yep. Yep. Well, that's similar to, um, you know, Vegas trading. Who'd they send to Montreal in the deal for or not? Was it Montreal? Maybe it was Detroit for Tatar. I, I don't remember who it was, but when Vegas was on their run in year one and I want to say they brought in Thomas Tatar. They gave Detroit like a first, a second, and a third, and they had to clear somebody out of the room to make it work numbers-wise. And I don't even know that they were part of that trade to get Thomas Tatar. But when Vegas brought in Thomas Tatar, somebody was the odd man out. And then Vegas makes their run to the cup final. And granted, they don't win. But how do you feel if you're that guy in the room and you end up being the odd man out? What is how do you feel in that situation after the team's accomplished what it has and you've been part of that? Ouch. Yeah, I would just smart for the rest of my career. Uh. uh, I mean, is that Tyson Jost right now? I
1: got to imagine. I mean, he had been such a staple of the abs bottom six for the three years before that. He was he just didn't live up to his draft status, so he got shipped out for a guy that could play a bottom six
0: role a little bit better, and uh, ouch. the show business, out. unfortunately, though. It's just part of the show business.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's guys that it happens to all the time. It's not yep. like it's something new or you know that joe's or um you know anybody is is on an island in that situation yeah. um you know it's got to be hard if if you're the guy that's clinging to you know the the fourth line and and you're on that line is an energy guy and you've got you know a little bit of upside and the team goes out and makes a trade for a second-line winger that pushes somebody off the second line to the third line and somebody from the third line into your spot, and you're the odd man out. And whether you get shipped from that team or you get to sit in the press box, that's got to be one of the hardest things to do in hockey when you've put 50 or 60 games in and given it everything you got and you know, broken bones and blood for the team. And the team goes out and adds, and you're the odd man out. Yeah, and it's something you'll see every trade
1: deadline, every single one, because it's just going to repeat itself. Every team business. wants to get
2: better. Who do you feel worse for? Do you feel bad for the guy who ends up being the 13th forward who spends all but five or six games of the playoffs in the press box and wins the Stanley Cup? Or do you feel for the guy on a team who's a legitimate cup contender who ends up being the 13th forward but ends up being eliminated in the first round despite them adding? The first round, because at least you have a cup the other way. But do you, at that point, do you feel like your name's on the cup because you are an extra forward after everybody else contributed to you winning as opposed to the guy who got eliminated and you can look at your team and go, or your front office at least and go, you made that move. You gave up the assets. It didn't help. You should have played me. This is on you.
0: I'd probably go. With, yeah. Nope. Uh, yeah. I still
2: want to cup.
1: I still want to cup. It's I understand. I understand the point, but at the same time, You were part of the driving force to get to that point to be good enough to go out and get those players that then help you win the cup. Yeah, but that's like you're not a bigger piece. That's like going out
2: to a bar with one of your friends and you see a girl at the bar and you go up to the bar and you talk to her. You lay it on as thick as you can for like three hours. And then your friend walks up, orders a drink, grabs her by the hand and walks off with her. Well, yeah, that's just, a I think, trend. I mean, it's like, well, well, I mean, yeah, you got a ring, the but like, you went, I mean, you went so hard into finishing, but, that... but,
1: but the difference is you still got the ring. You still
2: got
0: the girl. Yeah, but I didn't do anything. No, I you got up to be
2: and... the best man at his wedding. You were still there when she got married, but it doesn't mean you did anything to, to do it.
0: Yeah. You helped set the table that they yeah. sat at, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: and awesome. your name is on the Stanley cup for the rest of it.
2: Yeah. Life. I mean that you can't argue with that because you got to be on the roster to get your name on the cup, whether you're a player coach, whatever. And I, I do agree with you from that point. I, part of me still thinks that as a player, as a competitor, <laughs> I'd be more upset. I'd be more upset as a competitor sitting in the press box watching my team win a Stanley Cup than I would be watching them be eliminated in the first round, knowing that I could have done something to help push them through.
1: I'd be more upset being eliminated in the first round because I'd be feeling helpless. I'd be feeling. I couldn't do anything while I just watched my team lose, and not only that, as they're losing in the first round, they didn't even feel that. Um,
2: they didn't yeah, even I, feel like I can look at ownership and be like, the I'm the better guys. than that guy. I could have helped. If they win yeah. the Stanley Cup, you don't even have that justification. You can't be like, I could have helped you do that because they How didn't need times- your help.
1: How many times have we seen that thirteenth forward go on and sign a decent deal the year after that cup? Though you yeah, still I mean, go and play for other teams, you have the ring. You're on the cup. End of story. The other one, you're washing out of the NHL in two, three years, anyways.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I Maybe mean, not. I mean, I mean, I remember Tyler Sagan getting scratched when Boston won the cup. Well. Yeah, that's that's different
1: that's different that was boston being boston
2: i don't know i like i said i anything to get my name on the cup absolutely anything however
0: the glory of I, you earning your name on the cup and contributing being like, on the ice
2: like think about living with the fact that Every time you tell somebody your name's on the cup, and they ask you, like, "Oh, how, many goals how, you score? What'd how you was do? it like? What was it like playing in the playoffs?" And you're like, "Well, my name's on the cup, but I didn't actually do, do it." You, do you think Taylor Radish really, really is that upset about it? No, but you're talking about a kid that was 21 years old who wasn't necessarily out of the lineup because he wasn't good enough to be there, but because he hasn't developed to that point yet. But there's a difference you're getting, between that but then and you're getting
1: Back to the point of that 30... Okay, so let's say you're a 30-year-old 13th forward. If you're on that Stanley Cup team, you have... Again, you have a ring. And you have a future ahead of you. If you were benched in the first round, other GMs are going to look at you and like, well... Obviously, there's something wrong there.
2: You couldn't. Even well, I don't know. I team. mean, look at what Toronto gave up for Luke Shen. Luke Shen won a cup as a healthy scratch most of the time with Tampa Bay, and he's still in the league doing just fine. And but that's quite my, honestly, that's if Luke my, Shen were, but if Luke Shen, were to, Toronto, if Luke Shen were to win a Stanley Cup with Toronto, if Luke Shen were to win a Stanley Cup with Toronto, I guarantee he doesn't give a shit about. Uh, he still gives a shit about the one that he got in Tampa, but it means absolutely nothing by comparison because he wasn't in the lineup he'll be
1: playing more but that's not the argument here the argument is which one of those two scenarios are you more upset by and that plays into my point of Luke Shen was a healthy scratch in those playoffs and went on and got jobs you know who hasn't gotten jobs since then That 13th forward, Max Jones, who
2: got scratched out of the first round. But the difference is Max Jones in general was bad. Luke Chen wasn't. Luke Chen was scratched because there was too many. Max Jones was just bad.
1: If you're that 13th forward on a team that lost in the first round, chances are you were pretty bad.
2: Yeah, maybe. But the difference being is if I was good enough to help that team be the best team in the NHL for 60 games and then I got replaced, I'm upset about it. If I got replaced and... I was on. I'm not saying I'm not. Then yeah, I'm probably a shit forward. I'm not saying I'm not upset that I'm replaced. Of course, I'm upset I'm replaced, but
1: I'm not upset I have a cup.
2: I'm not upset. I I I guess. I guess looking, if I was thinking about it and looking back on my NHL career, would I be more proud that I played 22 minutes a night and lost in the Stanley Cup Finals, but I played every single night? And I was a big but part of my team getting the
1: there. That no. wasn't part of the original argument.
2: No, it wasn't. But I, I guess what I'm saying is as part of the argument to me, there's a line between would I rather win a cup than being on a team that never even snipped the, sniff the playoffs? Yeah, I, I would, I totally take winning a cup if I only got to play 15 games a year and I was up and down between the NHL and AHL as opposed to playing 75 games a year for a team that never even stood a chance. Yeah. I I would take my name on the cup in that scenario. Would I want to be the guy that wrote everybody else's coattails to a Stanley cup, as opposed to playing 20 minutes for a team that was a perennial contender in the moment? Yeah. I'd probably rather have the cup when my career is over and I'm looking back and i'm looking at what i accomplished in my career i probably feel better about myself as a competitor for being in those games
0: that's exactly what i was thinking about um, when you asked the question i was thinking I like think- well like yeah obviously the moment who isn't going to celebrate who's not gonna, of course i'll be at the parade of course i'll be But like you said okay. it was also like so get a book of it and of look i would career, be you're
1: looking, back, you're looking back at your accomplishments your accomplishments is you have a cup your name is on the cup for history, again. Yeah,
0: but I mean, still, I had it's look, just a, it's a, still own that on this one. one. Your name is in
1: the hall. Your name, you have a ring.
0: I didn't earn though.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, and and to me, that's just it. Like, if just because I'm on a Stanley Cup roster, I mean, does that mean that
0: the training staff get a ring too? Don't they?
2: Yeah. So, all I mean, right. So don't so they let me, get one? Let me put is it their this name way. on the cup. Yeah. Would you, absolutely. would you rather Same be, thing. would you rather be Mike Commodore who won a Stanley cup with the flames in 2004, who had an absolutely forgettable career? And I guarantee anybody listening to this podcast right now doesn't know who he is without looking his name up. Or would you rather be Jeremy Roenick who doesn't have a cup, but had a fantastic career or Charles Barkley. That's not Charles that's Barkley. That's-
1: that's not the argument we've heard.
2: Having. No, but it 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 still leads to that same point. Like yes, it, it kind of does. It kind of does because Jeremy Roenick... A, I'm
1: I'm Jeremy Roenick, Yeah, sure.
2: Absolutely. But in that in that circumstance, Jeremy Ronick never even played for a cup. Most of his playoffs were first round exits. Yeah. So yeah, it it really is that circumstance, like. Mike Commodore's got his name on the Stanley Cup. But no,
1: it's not that circumstance. He's Jeremy not Ronick a guy anybody's
2: ever going to remember. Round. Jeremy Ronick had a fantastic career, but I think he only made it beyond the first round once or twice with what, maybe once with Philadelphia and once with San Jose. And that's but, it. You know, Otherwise, what? he was a perennial first round exit, but he was one of the best American players to ever play the game. One of probably yeah, the that's top. Not,
1: that's not a scratch in the first round. The argument right, that's my was point. scratch in well, the
2: first round. No, my argument was, would you? Well, yeah, he wasn't a scratch in the first round, but to the point, would I? If I was a scratch in the first round, I can look at my team and go, you fucked up by scratching me. If they win the Stanley Cup after I'm scratched, I can't look at my team and be like, no, seriously, they okay. would have won with me or they needed me because they won without me. And now I feel useless.
0: It's like that. That office meeting where he's getting his handshake and it's like he's like oh good job on this you're like I just showed up pal I don't know yeah
2: like I, I didn't actually do anything I'll take the credit but
0: doing the end of the of the Call of Duty match you get one kill or something like okay yeah hey
2: yeah but if I'm that guy that got scratched in the first round or you know eliminated in the first round and was still you know a third line forward or something like that I'm more happy being that guy because if now I'm gonna go into another in team. First- so now I'm going correct, on to another team, team and I'm going. around you're not
1: a third line forward.
2: You could be. I mean, you just talked about Taylor Radish, and you know how happy is he to be. On you the Cup also, court?
1: you also admitted that that was a completely
2: different circumstance. It is, but circumstance changes. You grow, so, you develop. To what? Do I want my name on a Stanley Cup? Absolutely. Would I be upset or more upset that? My team scratched me to win a Stanley Cup as opposed to getting knocked out and saving myself the heartache of knowing that my team was too good for me and that I was useless when my team won a cup so that I can go sign with another team and potentially win one and feel like I earned one. Yeah. Yeah. I I would feel worse and if you never in that scenario
1: ever, ever, ever sniff the playoffs again, which is a very real possibility as the said 13th forward of a team that got knocked out in the first round.
2: Well, I mean, maybe you're Pat Maroon. Maybe you don't sniff a cup until you're 33 years old, and then you win three of them.
1: Yeah, and I don't think anybody would – I
2: don't think Pat Maroon would change a day of that. Right, but he was was that 13th forward that was getting scratched before he won a cup, getting eliminated in the first round.
1: He was also scratched in the cup.
2: Oh, uh,
0: all right. Well, I don't, I don't so, know about that. Let's that uh, moving scratch. on, moving on to our contest you guys are having, right? You guys are doing some of the mock drafts and your donations, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, all right, just as a, a refresher, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Um, after <laughs> the draft lottery, not on our show next week, but Grandy and I will be doing mock drafts. Uh, I believe Tyler will be submitting one as well. And Tyler, are you doing a full first round or are you just doing top 10?
0: I'll do the top 10. Yeah, for top 10 I can do.
2: So, Grandy and I are going to do an entire first round. Um, you know, we we might ask for some fan submissions or something here. But basically what we're doing is we are going to mock, come up with our own mocks, individual mocks, um, for every lottery pick, uh, lottery picks being... Picks one through sixteen, I believe um you know any team that can win the lottery uh five dollars towards our own charities every pick seventeen through thirty two will be ten dollars towards our charities um i'm I'm donating and to then the coyotes
1: the, picks will be ten dollars well and as the, the pre- yes those, the
2: right? coyotes picks in the lottery you know at they're both lottery picks, so they're gonna be ten dollar picks as opposed to five. Um, we'll each donate to our own specific charities. I'm gonna do the American Heart Association. Uh, Grandy, who is yours? NAMI, the National NAMI Alliance Against Mental That's Illness. That's right. I I always forget that acronym. Um, Me too. Yeah, I know. I knew it was mental health, but I, I always know it's mental health, but I I never remember uh the acronym there. Um, and speaking of that, just
1: throwing us out there, mate, is. Uh, mental or uh, mental health
2: month. So, just
1: keep oh, that yeah. in there your you guys' thoughts this month.
2: So, keeping ear out. Um, we'll we'll either announce next week, uh, at the end of our draft lottery show, or the week after. Um, what week we will be putting our final mocks together. Um, the entire podcast is going to be centered around that. It won't won't have much more than maybe 10 or 15 minutes talking about maybe the playoffs, things like that. Um, but we're, we're going to dedicate an entire show to that. Um, I'm pledging a minimum of $40 to the American heart association. Uh, not that I think I can't get eight lottery picks, right? But I mean, everybody knows how it is with the the case. It, It can go any direction. So I'm pledging a minimum of 40, anything over that. Um, you know, that's great. Uh We encourage anybody that wants to donate to the cause uh, to do as well, not directly to us, but to the charities themselves. They're charities that that both mean a lot to Grandy and I for our own personal reasons. Um, but yeah, keep an ear out for that. It's going to be a fun show. Um, again, Tyler's going to do ten. We'll see if maybe Haynes wants to to come up with a mock. Uh, maybe we read a couple of viewer or sorry, not viewer listener um mocks that maybe get submitted. Um but it's gonna be a great show, you know, as we lead up to the draft.
1: Any out, Grandy? Yes, no, uh I'll be doing a minimum of 40 as well. But I'm looking forward to it. I always love these mock drafts. I always <laughs> love doing this personal challenge. And this year is going to be a little bit different because the first two picks are pretty well set, but it's always shocking when I go back and look at how few picks actually hit. That's why I definitely wanted to set a floor for myself with this.
2: So grandy, just to add to the floor, we're each doing 40. I would propose a $10 bet with you. If you, if your mock is better than mine, I will donate 10 to your charity. If my mock is better than yours, you donate 10 to mine. Sold. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tyler, mm-hmm. if our mocks have more picks than yours, like just picks in general, whether they're mm-hmm. right or wrong, you donate 10 to each of ours.
0: Won't you regardless? Cause it's 32 teams.
2: Well yeah, and if you're only doing ten, that means you automatically have to donate ten dollars to ours if you're only doing ten Oh picks. yeah. Of course. All right. Sounds good. We got it we got us some bets.
0: Actually I was gonna say, if I hit mm, six of my ten, I will donate twenty to whoever wins the contest. Which Tyler like actually did last year. Just I did throwing win. that out. I did. There.
1: I did. He did hit six out of his ten last year,
0: so Yeah. I like it. Yeah, so I'll join in. Whichever one wins, I'll give 20 to that. So,
2: so anybody that listening, that's listening, if they'd like to do a mock and they'd like to donate a minimum of 50 to, $50 to one of our charities and would like to join us on the show, please message the show at Chirpin Yotes Podcast. Uh, you can reach out to myself uh, or Grandy or Tyler directly. Uh, DM us. Let us know. We'd love to have you on the show. We'd love to have you be part of this. It's going to be a great time. The money goes to a great cause. We're all um, having
0: fun here. It's all you for know, fun. It's
2: it's all for fun. It all goes to charity. Um, if anybody would like to do this, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, we'll put an announcement on the show Twitter. Future us, remember to do that. So. But okay, we'll count the redraft as my question of the week, just for the sake of time. Let's go ahead and nope, wrap nope, this up. Nope, 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 nope. I nope. want to no? hear this
2: question. I okay. you know what, The last the last couple questions have been great. They've been a lot of fun. Had a lot okay. of lot of fun with them. I want to hear this. Okay. All
0: right. Yep. Well, this one I actually took from uh, answer the internet. I thought it was a hilarious question. Um, so I'm not a father, obviously. Um, and since you will be soon, I thought it'd be fun to add this one. So. The question of this week is different than the last two, but I do have one similar to the other two, but that's beside the point. Would you rather have two just normal kids, right? Just normal careers, normal lives, nothing special. Or one NHL superstar kid and one kid that can just not really accomplish a lot. But you have one that's an NHL superstar. Can't even, actually, the question was can the other kid that couldn't even read? So I'll let you interpret that the way you will.
2: Too normal. Um, Too normal? Yeah. You know, normal is a subjective term. Honestly, two kids that are happy in whatever they're doing. Um, Very
0: father of answer.
2: Doesn't, doesn't matter whether, you know, they're, they grow up to be millionaires or, you know, they're living paycheck to paycheck. As long as they're happy. Um, ultimately, if you asked me this before I was, you know, uh, before my wife and I were expecting, I'd really have to think about it. And, you know, it, it changes perspective when you're, when you're expecting and you think, well, I could do this and that, and I could guide him this way or that way. Honestly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter just be happy. That's all I want. Such a dad answer. Grinding? I'm, I want to go with the same thing. Just
1: be happy. It's Thanks. such a big deal. I mean, as the brother who lived in some of his brothers and sisters, athletic achievements, and I'm now, but by, by no means am I the lighter, latter end of that. But even then it's just, I can get, Downright depressing watching them go off like that while you have the quote unquote normal life. But uh, hmm. uh, just so yeah, just happy. Well, doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter anything else. Just the
2: happy part. To modify your question there, Tyler, would hmm. I trade my ability to read to be in the NHL? Yes. Yes. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Let's yeah.
2: let's go. <laughs> Let's go read to read food the there for this question.
0: <laughs> oh man, <that's> a, <laughs> that took me a while to catch on to that. Uh, for my answer for the original question, I'm not a dad, so obviously I'm going to say NHL superstar, whatever. Obviously, when I have a kid, I know it's going to change. I know future stars to be like, "Why did I say that on the air? What an idiot!" But I would also trade my ability to read to be an NHL superstar. So I'd get pretty much anything to be an NHL superstar. I'll be honest with you, There's most things. I, you I'd know probably what? Give any up, any, any
2: sport. You any sport yeah, I honestly mean, yeah i'll i'll go be the fucking you know center for the arizona cardinals or anybody, I'll be the any bad team snapper. i don't care long snapper there I'll you be go the long snapper yeah i trade my ability to read to What's, go snap actually, a football. Here, what, like, what
0: sport would you go pro in if you could choose a sport position what sport position would it be if you got to pick? Well, it it
2: would be a defenseman in hockey if or there the was hockey. yeah i am if you could pick your ultimate but i i think the question is <laughs> is there a position in any sport you wouldn't do to be a professional athlete? I think that's the better. Yeah, question.
0: Goalie. goalie.
2: You wouldn't be a goalie. I'd be goalie. a
0: goalie. I'd be a goalie. Yeah. Especially NHL goalie. I don't, I don't know. PLL would be kind of, uh, I don't know. Nah, but NHL. Yeah. I think I would be an NHL goalie. I,
2: I think if there was one thing in any sport that I wouldn't want to do, I don't want to be the guy with a broom and curdling. That looks yeah, like the most go. boring job in any sport <laughs> in the world. Hey, you're getting gold medals, baby. You're getting gold medals, baby. If there's If there's anything in any professional sport that I wouldn't want to do, it's probably that. Because I can't imagine that you make a ton of money doing it. Nobody's going to give you a Subway endorsement. You're not fucking Michael Phelps. All you're, All you are is a janitor on ice.
0: What if you get a McDonald's endorsement?
2: You're a janitor on ice. <laughs>
0: he he do not care. What about a professional lacrosse player?
2: Those guys are fucking hardcore, dude. They get fucking hit all the time. They have a legitimately difficult sport to do. They're not just sweeping the grass. I would do that. Absolutely. Would
0: you, Grandy? You're quiet over there.
2: Yeah, I would do that. Shake it, would be brutal. It would be brutal. I've seen some of the punishment they take, but yeah, I would do that. But think about it like, they're hockey's a brutal sport and they take a ton of punishment. But when you're dedicated to the sport you love, Doesn't it, makes it, it makes it worth it. Can oh, yeah. you really be so dedicated to pushing a broom on ice?
0: How do you even practice curling? How do you even, I mean, how do you even like how does that?
2: There's there's curl? curling rinks up here. Yeah, like,
0: how I, do you like well, how, the sport? Like, how do, what's the tactics behind Curl? I'm just generally curious. I'm not trying to be a dick. I promise. I'm generally so, like how. So
2: actually, it's it's really fun to watch on TV because it's like darts in a way, um, which actually makes it kind of fun. Because like if you think about it, like people play stupid games like Candy Crush. It's like the simplest thing in the world, but people actually do it and they get addicted to it, and it's so much fun to watch on TV. But it's still like. Not
0: impressive.
2: I, yeah, like well, it's like esports to me.
0: Like I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're in a sport, and that's air quotes. Like, you like, could be 350
2: I mean, pounds and play poker. It's not impressive yeah. to me. You're not an athlete. So you're an a guy yeah. who's good at math and probability. Well, not me. Like like chess. I no. Chess cool. You know what? That's not fair. That's not fair chess to say actually, because yeah, chess pretty- requires unbelievable intellect. To, to be a master at your craft. So that that's a poor example. Um, checkers would be a much better one. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like that sort of thing. You're not an athlete. I'm sorry. You're good at poker? Good. Go to a casino in Vegas. I can go to a casino in Vegas and get lucky and take home five grand. It doesn't make me an athlete that just made five grand. That's a good point. Makes me an alcoholic that got lucky. <laughs> Aren't we all?
0: Okay. Well, thanks, boys, for answering my question of the week. Next week's it's doozy. I got them lined up now, and I think next week's will be a lot of fun.
2: See, so, see, you got to ask them every week. Doesn't matter how long the show runs right. because they're fun. They're okay. fun to answer.
0: Well, next week's it's going to be a good I can't wait for this one. Uh, that was the one I was debating on. Oh, wait, hang on I was wait. like, I don't know which one it was. Huh.
2: So, Grandy, are you going to stick with goalie? You wouldn't be a goalie. I, I didn't hear a reason no, why.
0: No, like, why I would you agree.
2: not I mean, want to be a yeah. goalie? Because
0: Especially if you're guaranteed a superstar. I, so, I mean,
1: that was I, something, too. Well, it,
2: if I'm guaranteed a superstar, I'd be a goalie. For we, me, that's the whole question. Have, like, if, if you were going to be a superstar in a sport, is there a sport that you wouldn't do it?
1: Okay, superstar. I didn't hear the superstar part.
2: Um. Yeah, like, I don't care about being a superstar ice janitor.
0: There's a curler oh, out no. there somewhere super- that's seething right he's now. So he's, gonna, he's gonna it, kill you know? us. He's gonna get us. <laughs> We're an angry super- male.
1: If I'm a superstar, no, there isn't a the sport I
0: wouldn't do. Pickleball.
2: Nope, I pickleball. Mitten. Badminton.
0: Badminton's okay. Put it in P E.
2: Alright.
0: Volleyball. Volleyball's okay.
2: I I I don't know. Like I Actually, push, you know,
1: I will push that broom for a gold medal. I, I'm not yeah. saying you
2: wouldn't, but like, yeah. would you do that over? I would be
0: proud of it, but I would do yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I mean, I mean, okay, I so I would be I mean, proud I'm of it. That's, like, I mean, obviously, I'm like but... No, no, I'll be homeless. That's okay. Somebody else can do it. I, I wouldn't do that, but you know, like, I'm not
0: bragging about it, though. I'm not, yeah, like, oh, yeah, professional curler, you know, not a big deal. Post up somewhere to bar, you know, like, eh. nah, I mean,
1: oh, you kidding me? You kidding me? Just flash that Olympic gold around.
2: Yeah, yeah. but but okay. Then they so, ask you what it was. So that's that's kind of like the oh, um, no.
1: curling <laughs> is the most watched. Oh, no. winter
2: sport, Tyler.
1: Over okay, I was gonna say
2: maybe outside of America, but you're an American well, it's athlete. Pretty,
1: it's pretty. Well watched in America too. It's
2: it's one. Right, of the that's ones. what I'm saying. I'm sure there's a I
0: curling. Watch. There are curling fans okay, out there but, listening to this outside right outside now. The Olympics, sure. Side
2: of the Olympics. How many people watch it? Oh, nobody. Yeah, that's it's that's a, just once that's every that's
1: four years. It. It's once every four You're, years. Your three. job but is only I, important
2: once every four years. Otherwise, you could fuck right off. That's basically I what it will, is.
1: I will take. It's like those, those gold Scottish
2: people. He will gladly
0: fuck off. He will gladly fuck off
2: it's I like those people, people that throw telephone poles yeah oh like goodness. what what is that game that you throw a telephone pole lawn darts it's the strong know, those man. people no, that do it, the, it in kilts
1: yeah it's the strong man oh yeah that, yeah scotland.
2: but it's not even like the strongman thing like they actually do it in scotland and they have like yeah i know you're talking about yeah. heavy ones.
0: Like, yeah, I know
2: the strongman when you're talking about, where like you actually lift those dense fucking logs that weigh like 500 pounds, and then you have to run across a field with them while people are like shooting darts at you and shit. That's that's intense.
0: Well, you but have those, the one uh, where there's like,
2: yeah, like those those are games. That's a sport yeah, see? too. Okay, like so if you like flash your gold medal for being the broomer in a curling match, is that the then official somebody, term for it? I don't know. I have no Model idea what they like, are sweeper, broomer. position. Um, but like, you flash your gold medal and you're like, yeah, I sweep the ice and curling and I got this gold medal. And some guy walks up to you and he's like, yeah, I make $100,000 as an accountant. You guys are like um, on the same level to the girl that you're talking to. You
0: know what's crazy? You said like the broomer. I'm doing the, it for the girl. The playing positions are commonly oh, known I, as I just lead, mean second, like, third, yeah. and fourth.
2: Wait, what? The, the
0: playing positions are commonly known as lead, second, third, and fourth. The lead is the player who delivers the first two stones. The second plays the third and fourth stones. The third plays the fifth and sixth stones, and the fourth plays the last two stones.
2: So they don't even have actual terms. Positions, like everybody no, does they're everything. Just,
0: they're called lead. Yeah, lead's the closest one. Yeah. And then it says, let's see who throws. As a team, four players for team. Every player throws two rocks. Three players in the team will sweep the length of the ice. The skip directs the strategy and holds the. Broom to provide a target he or she only sleeps after the stone arrives at the target area commonly known as the house
2: see i'd i'd rather be like part of the jamaican bobsled team than a curler hey that was a good movie though that was a great movie i love cool mo- cool running that
0: was a great movie. that was a good movie yeah
1: but the cool runnings weren't superstars
2: and i would nope, still rather do that than movie, be a superstar
1: though. broomer but you're not a broomer.
0: You're a lead. Fi- oh wait, they have an extra player. Second. They have a fifth called the reserve, who has the role of testing the stones with the coach before the match. So there are five players in curling.
2: I feel like that's like being a fluffer in porn. <laughs>
0: probably, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, probably. Oh boy,
2: <laughs> what even is this show
0: at the end? The last like ten minutes always just completely derail. <laughs>
2: always off the rails. It's amazing. We we should actually like try and incorporate the last 10 minutes into the first 10 minutes and just do it twice during a show. So we get people hooked with the bullshit. Yeah, get people hooked with the bullshit at the beginning, do our hockey stuff in the middle, and then finish off with some more bullshit where everybody's just laughing and having a good time. You know what? People need to smoke weed while they listen to us.
0: Or stoner podcast now.
2: That that I don't smoke. I'm never stoned. I'll drink, but. Yeah. I think that probably makes it better.
0: I got my drink here. Yep.
2: Yeah. So you know, feel free to smoke them if you got them. I'm sure it'll probably drink. make show a little better.
0: Yeah, honestly, yeah. Uh, take a couple shots for hear my voice. As I say, as welcome back, Coyotes fans. Just drop three shots. Just plow them back. To enjoy the ride.
2: Probably like playing us at like uh, Guantanamo to the prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> Like invasion, unusual punishment. techniques, <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell us where he is, no, <laughs> with the chirping yotes again, getting... okay, 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 please, no, <laughs> they just talk about the weirdest uh, things.
2: Granny's like, why am I part
1: of this? I, oh, it's man. one AM here guys. Can we move along? Oh right.
2: Uh, because uh, I in Minnesota. On. We can
0: just actually we can just uh end the episode in actually. That's everything. Hours. Oh boy. Well, on that note, boys, let's wrap this up and go. Home. <laughs> <laughs> Let the fine people go back to work or whatever they're doing. So all right. Well, from all of us here at the trip and Yotes, thanks for listening. We will see you next week with a very special episode. You guys have a good night or day.
2: And don't be an ice janitor.
0: Don't be an ice janitor.